pre-warning, we do get into some heavy stuff being drug use, overdose, death. These are things that you do not like to hear about or don't want your children hearing about. Mm. Maybe skip over this one. (laughs) That's a good call. Thanks for bringing that up. Yes. Dixie. Also, our friend Nathan does talk about the use of mushrooms, and he does actively use them. Mm -hmm. This podcast is not an invitation for you to reach out to him to get mushrooms. Thank you. Do not. Thank you for this. Use this podcast as a loophole into reaching out to Nathan and asking him for this stuff. He does not do that, so don't ask. Right. And we do cover that quite a bit in the episode, but I'm glad you're getting on top of that. I feel like it's important to mention it again. I really appreciate that. (laughs) So, yeah, let's get into this podcast episode. Let's do it. Yeah. No normal people. Hello, my friends, and welcome to No Normal People. I'm your host, Stephen Henning. And I'm your arachnophobic host, Dixie Lee Henning. Oh, that's a new one. Yeah, there's a spider on the wall, and it's staring at me. Is there? Yeah. See, so you and I are in the process of packing up our current apartment. We're moving house. We're moving. And uh, we... we're moving. The house isn't moving. No. Yeah. The apartment's staying here, but we get to leave it behind because we don't like it. The Lord. Um, but yeah, we moved our cats like a week or two early so they could get acclimated to the new place. And turns out our cats are like our bug killers. Yeah. And I'm not a fan of what's happening on the wall five feet away from me. <sighs> I'm ready to be out of here. <laughs> You're making everyone so stressed out now. I'm sorry. I hate spiders. Um <laughs> That's not, that's, I just can't focus. It's staring at yeah, me. Yeah. Okay. It's focus up. It's lips. We, what? What? Do spiders have lips? I don't think so. Hmm. I don't think they even have tongues. Google that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I did learn last time we were in Arizona, we went to like a spider and snake zoo. Yeah. I learned that Shelob in the Return of the King is real. Well, no, I learned I learned that spiders don't have stingers. No. And that made well, me not a all... lot happier yeah. to know that spiders don't have stingers like that. Yeah. Mm. She was a special case. She is the demon spawn of I am so sorry if Maiar. you are joining this episode of No Normal People. <laughs> this is your first episode and now we're just talking about possibly your greatest fear. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Can we just t- take a moment to acknowledge the fact that i adequately referenced lord of the rings yeah things you did good work yeah i appreciate that i just you know the nerd in me recognizes the nerd in you yeah thank you namaste namaste nerd oh my gosh (laughs) and what a perfect segue into this week's guest because we talk about namaste and we talk about the light in me recognizes the light in you yep and or the holy spirit within one another 
recognizes the same spirit. Oh my gosh. Within you. We had such a flipping good conversation with Nathan. Yeah, we did. For this episode. I'm so glad that we are starting to make the decision to edit less. Yes. And feature more. Yeah. So that being said, this episode is almost two hours long. Absolutely. But it was just such a good conversation. We don't want to lose any of it. I think someone could listen to this entire episode and possibly accuse you and I of over-talking. Yeah, that's fair. And both, well, you know me. I like hearing the sound of my own voice. I like hearing the sound of your voice too. Thanks, babe. But so I over-talk in that way. You and I also like to interrupt each other and interrupt the guest occasionally. So we just... I want to get it out ahead of the uh, the tweets and the Instagram stories all about how we overtalk. Yeah, because we it's we have true. we have a lot of people tweeting at us all the time. We have some practice to do. We have some practice to do. Oh God, with I can't our see speaking it. skills. I can't. Still tracking the spider, huh? <laughs> it's moving. It's a good thing I'm wearing slippers. I'm not. Okay, well. Gonna eat me <laughs> because we don't have cats in the house. I'm gonna go hunt this spider that Dixie's so afraid of. And I'm terrified right now. In the meantime, my friends, get into this episode with our friend Nathan Fordham. Yeah. All right, are you ready? I am ready. Oceans or lakes? Lakes. Rain or sun? Rain. Tea or coffee? Tea. Early morning or late night? Early morning. Summer or winter? Fall. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Beaches or mountains? Mountains. Libraries or museums? Ooh, libraries. Cats or dogs? Cats. That's changed yeah. recently. Pancakes or waffles? Probably pancakes. They're easier. Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. East coast or west coast? West coast is the best coast. <laughs> Sweet or savory? Savory for sure. Do you call it soda or pop? Oh, Satan's drink. <laughs> None of the above. None of the above. <laughs> Excellent. Hogwarts or the Shire? Uh, I would say Hogwarts because it took me a moment to remember what the Shire was. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes. That's a good answer. Pizza or tacos? Tacos for sure. Vanilla or chocolate? Uh, that's always been a hard one for me since I was a child mm-hmm. and I can't ever remember which one I like. So I always switch it's it like up. It's like you get it and you're like, it's not this one. Yeah. Just get a swirl. <laughs> exactly. You get them mixed together. Yeah. Swirl there you cone. Go. <laughs> Books or movies? Books. Handshakes or hugs? In this day and age, hugs, but not really as much anymore. Yeah. You prefer a hug. I prefer though. a hug yeah. for sure. I just can't have it. Excellent. <laughs> introvert or extrovert? I consider myself an introverted extrovert. Nice. Phone calls or texts? Phone calls because they're more challenging. I mean, I think we all gravitate towards text. Yeah. But I think phone calls <laughs> are much more yes. meaningful. Yes. So true. I like it. Crushed it. Okay. Next, I'm going to do some more icebreaker questions. Uh, do you have a favorite candy? So me and candy had a horrible relationship for a long time. I used to live close to a gas station. I'd walk over to the gas station and get like five bags of gummies. Ooh, and man. I'd eat yeah. all five of them in a night. Oof. Like it was not like I had a very horrible relationship. I don't eat candy anymore. Okay. I try to stay away from sweets. I don't like how they make me feel. Sure. Yeah. But a Chico stick is a good candy. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. True. <laughs> Favorite snack. Any fruit. Oh. Okay. And I, I like just to chop a bunch of fruit or nuts or something like that. Right. Something that doesn't like isn't heavy. Yeah. I have a hard time with eating like heavy meals. Sure. Or snacks. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> Or just, a, gummies. <laughs> just gummies. Just gummies. Right. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Favorite morning drink? Yerba mate. 
Definitely tea over coffee then. Oh yeah, very much so. That's a recent thing. I recently quit drinking coffee. Mm. Is that another, like, doesn't, you don't like how it feels? So the coffee, coffee is like a surface stimulant is what they'd call it. Sure. And, yeah. and like gets you shaky and yeah. stuff like that. So with doing jewelry and doing fine work, oh, yeah. you don't want to be that way. And you can even go overboard on, very on fair. Uh, mate, but yeah, it's a little bit harder. It takes a lot more. Yep. Yeah. Fair enough. Do you have a favorite city? Favorite city. So I lived in Bellingham, Washington for a little bit. Not oh. too long. Yeah. But dude, that city's amazing. Right on. Mm. It's so great. Favorite smell? Vetiver. Ooh. It's an essential oil. Okay. Almost like a patchouli, like dirty smell, I guess. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right on. Favorite TV show? So recently I've watched the uh, Midnight Gospel. Mm. And I don't know if you've seen that. Okay. But the concept behind it is so revolutionary in my mind. Because um, absolutely nothing that's going on in the TV show is, is pertaining to what's going on vocally. Oh, so really? It's, too, it's like, it's pretty much like a, a podcast yeah. with like something insane going on. Like one of the episodes, <laughs> they're getting ground through a meat grinder and like what? come out on the other side and like puts it back together. But all of the episodes are very deep. Okay. Like about death and life and, and spirituality wow. and, and yeah, these concepts. Yeah, it's on Netflix, right? Yes. I would definitely recommend it. Okay. It's wild. I've been looking at it. It's I wild. really like the art style of yes. it. And I've been like, I... Same guys who do Adventure Time <laughs> yeah. did that. For sure. Oh, yeah. that makes a lot yeah. of sense. Okay. Favorite ice cream flavor? Much mint of an ice cream chip. person? Mint chocolate I'm not chip. a huge ice cream person anymore, but when I do, I, I mint chocolate chip. Sure. <laughs> For sure. Do you like it when the ice cream is like that fake green color or should it just be cream color? Well, now that you put it like a fake green color, it probably should be the cream color, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe though. I prefer it when it's that weird funky green though. I guess psychologically it probably tastes better because it's like, oh, there's that extra little burst of flavor. In right. Yeah, for real. Yeah. For sure. Then they're green. Okay. You know? Perfect. What are foods you will never eat? So anymore, it's calamari. One time I was in, in Utah and I ordered a whole plate of calamari for my meal. Oof. Instead of like an appetizer, and I just yeah. I munched the whole thing down and ended up throwing it all back up. And like, <laughs> oh yikes! When you have one of those experiences, like the whole thought of calamari, it's just not yeah. good to me anymore. What was your first job? First job was actually at the rock climbing gym. Mm. Oh yeah. Um, back when I was real young, I think I was like fifteen. Sure. Um, I got into rock climbing, and I loved it so stinking much. I was at that gym every stinking day, mm. and I ended up getting a job there. There you go. Nice. I like it. What was your first pet? So my first pet that like was i probably had pets when i was a kid but not like that were like mine they were just the family so sure. i just i got yeah. a dog probably like five or six years ago okay um named misha mm. and i bought him and the people told me he was a border collie and i was like <laughs> hell yeah i want a border collie i wanted like a okay. small dog yeah and i brought him home and my buddy's like uh. yo you see the size of those paws like that's not a border collie <laughs> and like within a month i realized that i had like a big wolf dog and it turned out to be a Malamute. Oh, good <laughs> gravy. Yeah. A Malamute and like a German Shepherd mix. So it's a gigantic dog. He's wow. a fantastic dog now, but not a border collie. Not what you bargained <laughs> not what I for either. Not a small dog. <laughs> no. Wow. The opposite. Do you have a historical hero? A historical hero. That's a, I guess like my historical heroes are, are free thinkers kind of like sure. Alan Watts and stuff like that. Yeah. And not really someone that you probably read about in a history book that I have a hero of though. What is the worst fashion trend you've ever participated in? Oh, dude. <laughs> I think we might have known each other at this point in time in my life. Where we, I was, so it, it was that, you know, when emo took over like the world. and Early 2000s. Exactly. You know, Thank you. Uh, I, at that point, I 
Well, I always do things to the extreme. Like that's just my personality. And so I was like, I was wearing women's pants. So they would be like super tight. Yep. <laughs> and I cut the back of my hair and the front of it was long. Yep. At one point in time, I dyed it jet black. My hair is blonde. Like it's not, and it's curly. <laughs> it's not like right. it's just, I looked like a goon, but it was a good time. That's a good one. We've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first live concert you can remember? It's cr- I think we went to a Big Head Todd and the Monsters concert with my dad over in Missoula. Oh, there um, you go. But that's about the first one I can remember. Sweet. Yeah. What's the best live concert you've ever been to? Uh, String Cheese Incident. Okay. For sure. Uh, what they're, they're so theatrical with their performances. Like, it's not just them playing music. Like, they've organized things to happen throughout the crowd. Like, all of your bracelets oh, start lighting cool. up at the same time. Really? Or, like, jellyfish float over the crowd. Or what? it's, like, a very visual experience. Like, all this stuff's happening 360 okay. degrees. Yeah. That's cool. It's, awesome. it's a four-dimensional experience. <laughs> exactly. It's great. That's great. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? To stop time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Time work. Yeah. What would you eat for your last meal? Probably chicken cordon bleu. Yeah. I have like so much yeah. so much chicken cordon bleu in my fridge or freezer. There you go. It's just like <laughs> these really dank things from Walmart. Uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? When I was young, I wanted to be a doctor. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. I think that might have been motivated by the fact that everyone's like, oh, doctors make a lot of money. You know? <laughs> oh. Maybe. Maybe that. But It's fair. Okay. And finally, for the icebreakers, what would you consider to be your proudest achievement? Probably getting sober, getting off, off, off of drugs, man. I was addicted wow. to opiates for a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and you know, that, that's what took my brother's life four years ago. Mm. I was pretty deep into a, I don't know, just a dark side of life, man. Yeah. Sure. And, and that's a hard place to come out of. So I think, I think most people who get sober, I think that's one of their proudest moments. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Definitely. Sure. Definitely. Dang. Yeah. My mom just celebrated 15 years. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. That's fantastic. Excellent. Well, congratulations for that as well. That's great. So that was the end of the rapid fire and end of the icebreaker. Nathan Fordham. Do you like Nathan or Nate? I like Nathan. Okay. Um, It sounds a little bit more sophisticated. And I used (laughs) to introduce myself as Nate when I was like partying and doing a bunch of drugs. Oh, fair enough. Okay. So it's kind of like a... You know, you change that over to Nathan and that's kind of a turning point in my life. So kind of a grow up moment. Exactly. Some of that. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. Nathan Fordham, thank you so much for being on No Normal People. We're very excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Let's get introduced to you a little bit. I want to hear about where you grew up, what your family was like growing up, and maybe get us through like the high school age. Cool. So I was born in the 90s. I was born in 91. Uh, My parents... We're Jeff and Sue. They're fantastic human beings. True. Um, Absolutely. They're just, they are. they're great. I, I can't even talk enough good about my parents. And especially recently, I've just been realizing how privileged I've been growing up and how beautiful of a family I've got. So that's, yeah. that's been fantastic. Sure. Um, I grew up in little town of Laurel, out, outside of Laurel, actually, kind of on a, what looks like it could have been a farm at one time. And we'd like, <laughs> we tried to kind of make it a farm by like, buying some sheep and cows and we had horses and chickens and stuff like that, but we were never like farmers by yeah. any means. Right. <laughs> we just yeah. had farm yeah. animals. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was awesome growing up out there. I really could probably not think of a better place to grow up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we could do whatever we wanted. We were running around our hard yard naked all the time. Like it was just, it was great. Um, With that one massive tree out in your yeah. front yard. Yeah. Gigantic oh, yes. tree. Yes. Yeah. It's been there. Who knows how long? It's a huge tree. Right. Man. But yeah, so it's, it's, I had a pretty good childhood, mm-hmm. a very good childhood. My parents <clears throat> were good to me and 
I was always kind of a maniac um, <laughs> and and just loved life, you know, yeah. not not in a bad way when I was a kid. I was just wild. I, I loved life yeah. um, and I love to make things, break things and fix them again. And that's always kind of been me. So I went to a school in Laurel. I never really liked going to school and I always had it in my mind that I didn't really want to go to school. And so when I got to high school, my first, my freshman year of high school, I talked to my mom. We figured out a way that I could homeschool. Um, mm, and then I kind of dropped okay. out of high school, started homeschooling. We did like a, a funky co-op thing where, mm, yeah. you know, like homeschool co-op. One of the other parents would teach me this, da, da, you know. Yeah. And that was really, really cool um, for me, just for how I operate. I'm a very independent person. Sure. Yeah. I like to I like to do my own thing and learn at my own pace. Yeah. And so that opened up so many doors mm-hmm. for me. It was so fantastic. Excellent. And I got to get a you know, a ski pass up to the ski hill. And I was done with school by noon almost every day. Oh, absolutely. I was up at the ski hill at noon every day. It's like, that's such a great way to live. (laughs) Yeah. So such a hard life. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, you know, it's, it's, it was, I had a very, very good childhood growing up. I grew up with my little sister or my brother mostly. And then my little sister, um, she was born in like 90, 2000. So, right. Um, I just, sorry, Lauren, if I got that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we'll eventually have her on. She can clear the record. <laughs> oh man. Right. Okay. Growing up in Laurel, you and I ended up on the same like youth group worship band at one point. Dude, yes. For summer camps and I stuff. remember Back that. Back when I was like a wee middle schooler. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and so that was another thing, you know, I grew up in, and my dad was the worship leader at church, yep. which your dad played the drums, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, so that's, we have that in common. Was yeah. the well, band. Yeah. The our band. family was pretty tight. At one point, our dads had their own little like garage band going yes. as well. What was yes. it called? Jeff and the Yard Gnomes. <laughs> Hell yeah. That is so fantastic. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. But you know, growing up with like, growing up with your family, uh, my mom was like the leader of Bible study fellowship. She was, yeah. she was mm-hmm. a Bible study leader. And so I grew up like integrated into the church yeah. you know and and that was a very very huge part of my life that's just how i grew up mm-hmm. yeah. and you can probably attest to that yeah. i mean it's 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 and it was a great church to grow up in to be honest with you like yeah, compared absolutely. to compared to most other places it was very like intimate and like a community driven church which mm-hmm. was yeah. cool yeah so, i totally agree and like some of my my longest lasting relationships have come out of that church yeah nice and you know what now that you say that i i can so a lot of my families are my dad's friends and stuff like that. That's where most of them came from. Yep. You know, yeah. Those people are still around. So right. that's pretty cool. Yeah. For sure. So after high school, was college ever in your stars? Um, was it ever? I mean, you mentioned you wanted to be a doctor. So did you, uh, did you start the college journey? Um, so I wanted to be a doctor. I didn't end up. So when I was, I don't know, probably like 16, 17, yeah. I, I started getting a little wild. Sure. Um, <laughs> My brother was actually more wild than me. He was the one who was like, yo, you got to try this, smoke some weed, you know, and all these things. And it just kind of compounded to the point where I was living more in the world and doing just pretty much whatever I wanted. Sure. I kind of, you know, a little bit pulled away from the church, but that church was always there. You know? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like always in the background. So what was the original question? <laughs> um, I, I was curious after high school, did you ever have uh, dreams of going to college? Did you go to college? Wow, that was a rabbit trail that I went on. No, I um, totally get it though. <laughs> uh, so the whole, yeah, okay. So that actually leads back to where I was going. So I, I kind of lost that dream of being a doctor. And I, it, okay. I just, I think I kind of realized that it was, it was really not what I wanted to do. Yeah. I really liked the idea of the money. Right. You know, sure. and so okay. when I, when I was, 
when I left Billings, I went to Bozeman for college. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and initially, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just went to business school, like everyone who doesn't yeah. know what they want to do does. Sure. So <laughs> get into business somehow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, which wasn't beneficial in any way going to college, except for you know making friendships and stuff like that. Yeah. Sure. So it it I would not recommend anyone go to college not knowing what they want to do. Exactly. Especially yeah. after my experience that I've had, it's just it was it's, such a silly idea to do that. Yes. It's an expensive experiment. Did you know graduate you with do. a degree, <laughs> dude? I I don't even think I got my grades for my first semester because they wouldn't release them because I owed so much money to the school from parking fines. <laughs> Like I parked my car. I just, I, I sold my parking pass to a buddy. I was just like, yeah, oh. I don't go here anymore. But then I was like, well, I still want to park here. And so I just kept parking, I guess. <laughs> wow. And I, I owed them so much money that they didn't want to release my grades. And my okay. mom was like, what is going on? I was like, mom, you don't want to get those grades anyways. Like they're not, <laughs> they're, they're not, not worth you it. Be proud of them. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was an experience of like gaining friends and, and learning about life. But yeah, I didn't really go to class much. <laughs> sure. <laughs> So I'm I'm kind of following your story a little bit. After following college, you said around late high school was when you started to get a little crazy. Yep. One of the questions I like to ask is there a specific before and after moment that changed you as a person? Uh, so do you mind if we talk about your your history with with drugs and like yes, what what life was so. like yeah. then and what changed now so that you can now claim sobriety however many years into it? Yes. So that one turning point was definitely like from the point of my brother's death until I got sober, Yeah, you know, because when you're, when someone that close to you passes away and stuff like that, you kind of, everything changes anyway. But I kept using drugs after that, you know, for like three years yeah, mm-hmm. and, or like two years or just some, however long a period of time I was using drugs. Right. And that period of time was hell for me. Yeah. Like I was so lost. I was so disconnected from the world. And so that, that probably three year period was, was when everything shifted and during that three-year period and it was it was the worst and best period of my life sure i mean you learn so much from those experiences yeah but before that all happened so i was about 16 17 years old or whatnot and my brother started to get into that earlier he was he really liked to go and and venture and and just to just try things and so he was you know smoking weed drinking and partying before i was he was the one who introduced me to all that stuff too. Wow. So it was really opposite. So he's two years younger than me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was just, he was introducing me to all these things. I left for college. So in, in college, I ended up becoming a drug dealer. Like that's just straight up. I remember I wow. got, a, I, I bought um, weed for the first time and it was from somebody that I just met. And I was like living close to this guy in the dorms. And I was like, holy cow. Like he just like, he just like sold me weed and made money. I was like, I could probably do that. <laughs> yeah. oh. I remember the point in time okay. where I was like, this is like a, this is like a business. Like I could do this. <laughs> sure. business school. So <laughs> I, I, I just started selling drugs. I was selling weed and selling wow. mushrooms and just, just partying. And I was also bringing those back to Billings and my brother was helping me sell them here. Right. And so yeah. this was, there was a point in time where, where life was just crazy. I had disregard for everything. Like I just didn't really care. I was just partying. And my brother would sell those things. So what happened was I would come back to Billings with drugs from Bozeman and it was mostly psychedelics and party, party substances. Okay. But my brother was, my brother knew a lot of people in this town and we get that stuff sold pretty quick. Hmm. It wasn't anything that I'm I'm proud of by any means, you know, like using your little brother as like to to sell all the drugs (laughs) for you and then going back to Bozeman. Like that wasn't, wasn't a great period of time, but it. To be honest with you, we, me and my brother bonded through it a little bit. Yeah. Whether or not it was a good bonding or a bad bonding, it yeah. was, you know, got to be pretty tight. And he actually became a really good friend of mine through that. Like we just became close. Yeah. 
it was a wild, it was a wild little time because it was, it was, I wasn't going to school. All I was doing was partying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, that was pretty much life. So after that whole Bozeman experience, I ended up coming back to Billings and during my stay in Billings, my parents ended up buying a house. Me and my brother and two friends moved into that house and resumed my Bozeman actions in Billings. Okay. So I was living with my younger brother for a little bit. Yeah. Um, we were partying a lot. And at that point in time is when things started to get a little bit scarier. Um, yeah. Opiates started to be introduced yep. and cocaine started to be introduced. Wow. The drugs that really can kill you yeah. um, and did kill my brother in the end. So when when those things start getting introduced, things just get more intense, um, especially when you introduce opiates. Your mind starts going from, hey, this is a fun time of doing drugs to I, I need this thing. Right. Mm. And so that was like, you know, I think before that, my little brother was dabbling in opiates, but he was really good at not letting me know that he had a problem. And I think he had a problem for a long time with opiates and I just okay. didn't know it. Sure. Um, but when, you know, that whole thing kind of, we just, we just did not do well in that house together. Yeah. Uh, we were partying all the time. That's all we were doing. And I ended up moving into, there's a warehouse out behind that apartment or that house that my parents bought. And I ended yeah. up moving out there. My brother ended up moving out. And I think it, I think there's probably still about three, two years in there until he passed away. And okay. I lived alone in that, um, in that warehouse and ended up getting into the weed growing industry into growing cannabis, like legally through the medical sure. scene here. Right. Yeah. Um, and I was living in that house. And when he passed away, actually, when he passed away, I was, I had partied like all night and I'd actually seen him or hadn't seen him the night before. Uh, it was, it was weird. Like I left some stuff out for him and like, dude, this stuff like would be hard for a lot of people to talk about, but I've, it's just dude, life, life is, yeah. life is life right now. Absolutely. Um, so I actually left some drugs out on underneath something in my, in my front of my house. Cause he was like, yo, I need this. Like I need to go sell it. Somebody wants it. Okay. And he ended up coming and getting those drugs. And I think that's the money that he used to get the heroin to overdose yeah. that night. Wow. And so he ended up going back out to my parents' house where he had his studio, where I actually work in my studio now. Right. So he overdosed in my studio mm. right now. Um, so he went back out there that night. My parents actually knew that he was messed up, but he was just in a, it was just in a period of time where you couldn't tell that kid. Excuse my French. I don't, <laughs> sure. you couldn't, you couldn't tell that kid yeah. to, to not do things. And the next day, uh, my dad, found him overdosed in the on the studio floor he was doing music in there he did music Mm -hmm. in there all all night and then ended up overdosing and i was asleep all day and so my parents got a hold of my girlfriend Uh, my phone was dead my girlfriend at the time and she came or i don't know if we were dating at the time but she came and banged on my door and told me what happened so it was kind of just like this really messed up scenario of how it all happened yeah Yeah. that's quite the wake up very very uh and you know what it wasn't a wake-up call and that's the part you know Gosh. it should have been a wake-up call for sure right yeah. okay so it, it should have been a wake-up call it would have been a wake-up call for a lot of people but when you're in a um an addicted state of mind mm-hmm. nothing's a wake-up call that should be a wake-up call everything is transmuted through your addictive mind and it's and it's played out onto a screen that and it's completely different than it actually is right i was taking massive amounts of xanax so in college i got introduced to xanax um, we were getting it from overseas lots of at a time uh, my buddies were selling a bunch of it in Xanax and I ended or in Bozeman and I ended up getting very addicted to that. 
um, was taking massive amounts of Xanax. And what Xanax does is it disassociates you from the reality of the world. The mm -hmm. bad things just don't seem to hinder you anymore. And so when my brother died, I started back into that. Uh, I was, I kind of like slowed down a little bit and then my brother passed away and I was still using them and stuff, but I got really heavy into it when my brother passed away. That really skews your thinking mm -hmm. um, and whatnot. And I ended up going and getting a prescription for it. I was prescribed a lot. I was prescribed like five milligrams a day. And I mean, in college, I would, I, uh, there were days when I would take 15 or 20 milligrams. Jeez. Um, and I don't remember a lot of my life. And I hope that like me talking about this is, is for educational purposes, dude. Cause I went through a lot in my life. If I can help anyone not go through this. Yeah, like, definitely. I, I, so I'm not glorifying any of this by any means. Um, this is just, this is just what brought me to where I'm at right now, which I'm very happy with where I'm at right now. Excellent. Yeah. So sure. And the Xanax is, is, is of huge factor in all the negative. I mean, I, I operated on large, large amounts of Xanax for a long, long time. Sure. Mm -hmm. And I recently, you know, a year ago, I think a year ago is when I got sober about, about a year ago, wow. uh, April, April 14th is when I got sober and I left treatment in like July. So, wow. Wow. Yeah. And getting off Xanax was huge. I didn't think I was going to get off Xanax. I was prescribed it. I was like, oh, it's a prescription. You know, I'm going to treatment. They won't take me off of it. I need right. this. And I get there and they're like, well, you need to stop sure. taking yeah. Xanax. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, the all right. Prescription is too easy to make it feel like a, yeah. like a sanctioned Dude, it's so activity, weird. Right? Yeah, as soon as your label, doctor's prescribing it to you, it's like, yeah. you're like, oh, I'm good. And then you wake up and they it said now. it's fine. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Pop that cap every single morning at the same time. And then all of a sudden you don't realize that you're addicted to Xanax either, dude. It's, it's because it's such, it gets to the point where it's so non-physical. Sure. Yeah. Like everything's just okay when you take it. Yeah. And so all of a sudden when you don't take it and you're getting physical withdrawals, withdrawals or whatever, like that it's, it's hard to deal with because you don't feel anything physically. It's not like wow. I'm smoking weed to get high and I feel that physical feeling. Right. Yeah. It was the first couple of times when you took Xanax, for sure you get that crazy feeling. But when you're addicted to Xanax, you're taking it straight up just to feel normal. Sure. You don't get that buzz off of it unless you take a ton of it at a time. Yeah. And so getting off Xanax was a huge shift. Everything in my life shifted around. And I, like I said, it's only been a year. Sure. And I'm, I'm only a year healed from, from my drug addiction. Mm-hmm. But I will say something about being only a year healed. I have taken every single day and created the optimal environment for my healing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've taken every single day and I have meditated every single day um, nice. for around 30 minutes is, is I, I run through my mala bead. So I flip each bead every breath, one oh. breath per bead. Yeah. It usually lasts 30 to 40 minutes. That's great. Yeah. Every single day. You do that, you read enough books about why you're messed up in the head when you're a drug addict <laughs> yeah. and you start right. to understand these things. But right. it's that constant self-care for that first year that's gotten me to where I am. Sure. Mm -hmm. Because I know a lot of people who have been, who were sober for a year who were not even close to where I'm at. Wow. Yeah. But it's, it's been, it's, it's been hard, dude. It's been a discipline. Yeah. Cause I didn't want to, I didn't want to hold on to those the the mindset state that I was in while doing drugs, I wanted to be as far away from that as I could. And I learned that in the three months of treatment that I was in treatment. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I want to ask you about your meditation practice mm. and where you were introduced to that and how that has kind of influenced your year of sobriety this far. So that's the base foundation of my sobriety. Uh, and it's it was taught to me in, in my uh, treatment mm -hmm. uh, okay. at the treatment center that I went to. So would uh, we call this like a mindfulness <clears throat> meditation practice um, or has it evolved 
it's evolved tremendously okay. throughout this year. It started out in my treatment center, which was Top of the World Ranch in Milan, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Super shout out to them because it, they are not like they're not like the normal treatment center. They're very holistic. They teach sure. yoga. They do meditation. Very healthy food. It's it's one big big like a mansion area mm-hmm. and then like a sleeping quarters and whatnot. So wow. it's different. It's super different. Yeah. They put a lot of the responsibility on you. Yeah. But gaining that meditation practice there, I didn't realize. So I, everyone's got the different, this different level of self-talk. You know, yeah. some people I have a really good friend named Kyle and he can, he's gone his whole life without having to struggle with talking to himself negatively too much. Mm-hmm. That's opposite for me. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm consistently in my head. My head is working nonstop 24 seven. And I think that contributes to where I am with creating my life. You know, yeah. I'm yeah. very active in, in building things, creating things, wanting to make things better. And that just comes with an overactive mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I sat down and meditated, what's, what starts to happen is you're like, dude, my brain's messed up. Like, why am I telling myself this over and over right. again? Right. And then you start to realize the patterns of like, you know, you're telling this thought pattern to yourself. And then you start to realize the emotions that come with those thought patterns. Sure. And then you realize that there's this whole subconscious being to yourself that you don't realize. Yeah. You go all day and, and all year without understanding that there's something that's driving you forward that you're not thinking about. Yeah. yeah. It's just that it's thinking for you. And it's yeah. like, it's really, really scary when you get to that because it's, it's conditioned as you grow up, you right. know, your experiences condition your talk. Like how you talk to yourself is based on what you've experienced and what you practice. Yeah. And that's a huge, huge thing to remember for and, anyone. And then it eventually flips where like the words you choose to speak over yourself actually like hold enough power that they can start like, it's like the rudder of a ship, you know, like Dude, you, you yeah. start speaking it over yourself and all of a sudden they have the power and they push you in the same, it's the same direction you were yep. going, but it's, it's speeding up. Yeah. yeah. And so the, what you said about you, you start to condition those words uh, that you say to yourself, you yeah. can move forward with that. That's um, another part of my spiritual practice would be like the practice of hermetics or a lot of people call it like Western ceremonial magic. <laughs> which is such an outrageous name. But here, let me explain the whole concept to you. Um, so what, what the whole concept of it is, is influencing your subconscious mind so that you make these decisions without thinking about them. Mm. And in mm. terms of magic, that would be the magic of life. Sure. Okay. So it's creating these, uh, these situations where you just instinctually make this decision. You know, this is right. what you do. And you do that by training your subconscious, by reading, yeah. by doing ritual, you know, by, by, constantly saying words into your head or whatnot. You can have these different mantras that you say to yourself, just really like ingraining it into your brain. And so when you're out in everyday life and you have to make a decision on the fly, yeah. it's the right decision. Right. right. Because yeah. now you've trained yourself to be the type of person exactly. who would make the right decision. Exactly. And that's, it's, it's such a, such a crazy path, dude. Yeah. When you start to see yourself doing things that you're like, what the heck? Like I wanted to do that, but I don't normally do that. Like, right. it's so cool. When That's did that so habit cool. start? It yeah. When did, that, when did I start doing that? You know, and it's, it's great. It's super great. That's crazy. Yeah. I've definitely become obsessed with, um, manipulating myself yeah. after, after you get sober and stuff like that. You're like, Whoa, like, so I was living life on life's terms before I got sober. Mm. At this point in time, I am owning life. I, everything awesome. I do, I want to do and I will it to happen. Yeah. And I make sure that I make, I make sure to make a point of what I want to do to myself because that's influencing your subconscious right there. Yeah. Sure. Speak about what you want to do. Like every time I sit down to make a jewelry out loud, I make a piece of jewelry out loud. I tell myself what I'm about to do. 
Wow. And so in my mind, I'm like, all right. And it's really hard to go off of that path when you verbally tell yourself that. Right. Right. It's great. So I want to talk about your spiritual background. We've already mentioned that you and I grew up at the same church, uh, playing in the same worship bands at some point Yep. uh, in youth group. And now I'm seeing on your Instagram a lot of yogic talk Mm -hmm. and that felt so weird to say it that way but I just I want to know I want to trace your spiritual evolution into where you are now I don't know if you would consider yourself a Christian at all at this point um, but how how you have kind of like you were rooted in the Christian tradition from the beginning and how that has evolved to today I guess when you when you say yogic traditions and it's funny when when you talk about that a lot of people think of moving on your on your yoga mat you know, doing, doing yoga postures. Right. And that's right. absolutely the opposite of what I'm not the opposite. It's just not what I'm talking about when I say yeah. my yogic practices Sure. to yoga, to yoga, yoga, to come together is what that means mm. to bring union. Union with God is where you, yoga started. Right. And what that is, is training your mind to, to not think of those negative thoughts, to really be in control of what you're thinking. And that's comes down to the meditative practices. Okay. So this is kind of what we were already talking about. Yeah. This is And the whole Christianity has, has been a crazy influence in my life because I, I love the values of Christian, Christian values. Sure. Yeah. Like you go, you, I love them so much, but when I, when I took and started to dive deeper into religion, the more that I read about religion, the less religious I became. Oh, yeah. And that's okay. like, it's yeah. really crazy because you start to realize the more you study, um, you know, you study yoga, you study Hinduism or whatnot, mm-hmm. and then you study Christianity. Well, there's, there's a ton in, in Hinduism. It's like very beneficial. Yeah. It's like very good. Sure. And growing up in the Christian faith, that was Satan. Yes. Like that's, that's what I was, you know, like, like all these other religions were not good. Yeah. So that's like one of the only things that I really disliked about my Christian upbringing is that I was very like narrowed down to Christianity, but it's, it's cool now that I have such a understanding of the Christian faith because there's a lot of Christian bashing, bashing that goes on these days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, toxic Christianity, yada, yada, yada. Sure. And I get like, I understand it to a point, but dude, everyone's just trying to figure things out, man. Like we're all just trying to get there. Absolutely. And when you find something to grasp onto, it's comfortable. It's excuse my French again. It's comfortable. (laughs) It's like very comfortable to be there. And that's what we're all trying to get to. And so for me, it was really uncomfortable trying to unpack all these other religions to, you know, and that's mm. where I got uncomfortable, but that's where I found the most growth. Right. right. Because I didn't know what I want. I didn't know it was right. And sure. that's what been my goal from the whole, whole time that I started with a spiritual journey, which was about a year ago. It was like, I want to do the right thing. I mm-hmm. want to do what's right. Sure. Yeah. And so when I pray, my only prayer is I want your will to be done. Whatever's up there, God, Yahweh, whatever you mm. want to call it, the universe. I just want this to be done because we're in a world where we get thrown all these ideas and it's so confusing dude right yes. i think the only prayer that like you really need, should be praying is like help me like help me figure out what's right yeah because yes. we've got the information man like we've got all this information yeah. and so if right. you can filter through it and find the best of the best information from each one that's it's and that's why i love being able to study all those i don't claim a certain religion by any means i sure. don't claim a certain spirituality i just claim that i have a relationship with something that made me Sure. And I personally think that I'm much closer to that person, excuse me, much closer to that entity that created me than, than Christianity has told me that I am. Okay. But I'm also a lot farther away than like some other religions have told me that I am. 
And yeah. I also understand that I don't really know, you know, and that's the best part of it. As Aristotle says, the purpose of life is to question life. Right. Yeah. Like that's just in once you start questioning it, you don't ever really stop. Yeah. Because yeah. there aren't answers. There really aren't answers. Absolutely. No. You know, there's just and if you're not changing and growing with with your knowledge and your wisdom, like so what true. are you doing? If you're not implementing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and every time you implement it, it usually opens up a new door. Yeah. You know, and that's where you that's where you decrease your stagnant action. You know, yeah. you, you you stay away from that stagmentation yeah. by always learning more. Yeah. Just opening up doors. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you open up one door and you got three more to open up. Yeah. Absolutely. For real. So you definitely think there is something out there. Oh, a, yeah. An entity, a creator of, of sorts. Yeah. Um, I've, I've experienced it to a point that is like in for me, it's like infallible. Um, there's, there's no possible way there's not because it's been, I've like physically felt it and audibly heard it speak to me. And this is under the influence of mushrooms. And I know that to a lot of people that's like, oh, well you were on mushrooms. Okay. But let me explain why I love the mushrooms so much. Okay. Uh, mushrooms are a very, a very misunderstood thing because at some point in time we deemed all psychedelics as bad. You know, we deemed yeah. these, we had this war on drugs and all of a sudden it's been implanted into our mind that these things are horrible. But you don't ever see people addicted to mushrooms. You know, you don't really see like people going to treatment for mushrooms. Yeah. This was going to be my question because you still practice um, some meditation and some some mushroom use today. Very much so. And yet you you have been sober for a year from the hard stuff, the yes. crazy stuff that like really messes you up. So I firmly believe that these plants were given to us to teach us. Okay. Mm-hmm. These plants were given to us to use, to respect, mm. to gain knowledge from. They give you a totally different perception on what you're thinking. Sure. Right. They open up your mind to different ideas and different ways to think about these things. So the my favorite way to describe what mushrooms do is we've got two things inside of us. We've got the ego you know, that we've created from years and years mm-hmm. of being in this world and having this world just beat down on us and putting up our walls. Right. Yeah. And then you've got the Atman, which is basically what the Hindus use as the God within you. Mm-hmm. So there's the Brahman, which is the God outside of you. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Atman, which is the God within you. Wow. When you take... It's crazy. You can see the parallel. It's like we have Father God in Christianity oh and Holy God. Spirit inside <laughs> us. It's it's yeah. all, it's so all <laughs> connected in some way, dude. It's yeah. so crazy Absolutely. when you start studying these all these religions, dude. There's just so much that's connected. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, you've got the Atman and you've got your ego. And when you take mushrooms, what happens is if you take a high enough amount, your ego is dissolved. Mm. You don't have that anymore. Yeah. You all of a sudden start to realize life without ego, you know, life, life without the uh, influence of your ego. And that's terrifying to some people sure. Yeah, because when you remove that ego and you remove those, those layers that you've built up for years and years and years and years, all of a sudden you're shown that Atman, that truth. And it's very contradictive to a lot of mainstream beliefs. Right. Because right. the boundaries of your personality all of a sudden dissolve and you realize yes. you're just another part of like you know, mystics would call it like the ground of being. Yeah. Like I'm just part of all of this. Yes. (laughs) Yes, man. And it it really makes you understand that this experience is meant to be lived. Mm -hmm. Like you're meant to like, you're meant to enjoy this because I've gotten to a point in my life where I'm like, dude, this is so amazing. Every single day I wake up and I'm like, I'm ecstatic about life. Okay. And that is an opposite from a year ago and I right. wouldn't have that feeling without mushrooms. I just wow. would not okay. because it's been cool, you know, being supported by my family doing mushrooms and stuff. Like yeah. they're they're very supportive of me. 
They, mm-hmm. they like to interact with me and talk about it. Um, but yeah, this just, it's really opened my eyes to just how much of a construct or just how many constructs we, we live by. Right. Which is a scary once you realize it. <laughs> yeah. So you see these plants as a gift. How, do, how, does, how far does that go? Like, is marijuana still part of your life in any way? So I think, I think, so marijuana is part of my life at this point. Recently, I'm dealing with it, like affecting my lungs in a negative way. Okay. So I don't smoke anymore. Yeah. I use edibles. Sure. Um, but I was having a discussion with my buddy the other day about it. And what we were talking about is I'm, I'm really excited to be able to share these things with my kid. Like mm. I, I'm really glad that marijuana affected my lungs because when I get to talk to my kid, I get to be like, yo, dude, if you're going to smoke weed, like don't do it the way that I did it. Cause yeah. my lungs hurt, dude. Right. Like take real. care of your body. That's the number one thing that I just neglected all my life is mm. to, I didn't take care of myself. Okay. And I wish that I would have. Sure. And so these things like these things have negative connotations to them because marijuana is addictive. Like you shouldn't, yeah. you shouldn't, you shouldn't just do marijuana willy nilly. And that's what I'm dealing with right now. See, I, and I wanted to ask you about that because I, I have friends who started dabbling in high school. Um, I got offered a couple of times. I've never partaken, mm. but even, I honestly think I've had conversations with you saying like, oh, marijuana isn't addictive. Like, I probably it's not did. one of those things. Mm-hmm. You know, I probably wanted that to right. be what was, I probably wanted that to be the truth. Right. So do, yeah, it's very addictive. Do you think there is any weight to the idea of like a gateway drug, maybe like in the use of mushrooms or marijuana or are mushrooms completely separate category? So mushrooms are a completely separate category in my mind okay. um, because in mushrooms you'll have an experience that that will make you question every single thing you've ever believed, sure, everything yeah. you've thought, everything. Okay. And a lot of the times what mushrooms do is make you want to better yourself. Okay. Most of the time for me. Whereas I've heard a lot of marijuana, it just kind of like, it, it keeps you inside the ego and just kind of gives you a different experience of it. Yeah, I guess that would be a good way to put it. I'm not like a, there's a lot of people who are just like, who say that marijuana is not addictive. It's it's a beneficial thing. It helps people and stuff like that. And I think it does help people and stuff like that. I think it, it it's a very good thing to use for my anxiety. I use it for my anxiety. Like okay. That's mm-hmm. one of the only things that I've found to work very, very well. To because just... we know Xanax doesn't. Yeah. We definitely <laughs> yeah. know that Xanax not does there. not. Yeah. Um, but in terms of a gateway drug, dude, here's my whole take on the gateway drug thing. Yeah. If you grow up thinking that marijuana, heroin, LSD, cocaine, whatever, they're all in the same group, which yeah. like I did. Right. Mm-hmm. And I remember the day that I smoked marijuana. And if you gather them all in the same group, then yes, marijuana is the gateway drug because it's the least of all of those evils mm-hmm. by so many miles that yeah. when you take your first toke of that, your first thought is if all drugs are like this, like no worries then. Because oh, yeah. that was what it was with me. I remember yeah. the first time I smoked weed and it was like, dude, if this is what drugs are like, no worries, dude. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like, started it, if, dude. If all of these things are baked into the same cake and you just yep. take yeah. one slice of it, it's like. And then you take I mean, something else and it's, it's all so just chocolate, far right? Yep. The dude, it's, it's, it's all about education. Yeah. If right. I would have known what I was dealing with, yeah. you know, if I would have known these things and not been um, so shady or so uh, hidden from them, you know, people trying to hide these things from me. Yeah. Makes me really interested in them. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it makes me really want to go and, and, but if I was told like, yo, dude, that these things, like these things mess you up. Sure. You know, and, and like I'm going to teach my, my child, I hope, is that, you know, these, these plants, these plants that are unhindered by man, 
I don't think there's much wrong with them if you respect them. Mm. But it's yeah. a consistent respect for them and it's a consistent questioning if you're respecting them. Sure. Because a lot of people can say, oh yeah, I'm respecting them and just smoke weed all day. And I'm dealing with that right now. I'm dealing with the with trying to understand how much how much I should be using cannabis. Sure. Because it's a very beneficial thing for me. Yeah. Um, and I don't really consider cannabis uh, and mushrooms uh, into the whole drug side of things because... But I guess they are. Everything is a drug. Yeah, you know, we're, we're made of drugs, sugar, I guess. and so, and that's a weird, weird part of it too. So when you talk about the word, when you talk about drugs, you know, you're talking about pretty much every substance on the world. But when you talk Literally about drugs, everything. you're you're narrowing down to these things, you know, that <laughs> yes. affect you. drugs with air quotes. And so yeah, you can get addicted to coffee. You can yeah, get addicted exactly. to sugar. Exactly. Like, and so when I say I'm sober, and then I start talking about eating mushrooms and and smoking weed mm. which, right. I, which i try not to smoke weed anymore i actually just went to the doctor because my lungs hurt and i just wanted to get a right. checkup and again just, it's just you know, kind it's, of an edible thing for you and when you start talking about those things while you're saying that you're sober it really throws people off and that's sure. I, i'm here to throw people off i'm put on this planet to throw people <laughs> off Fantastic. Because, like i people need to think i love people it. need yeah. to think for themselves yeah. too you know they need to hear these contradicting ideas to put different ideas in their brain because as we've seen like it's really easy to be controlled. Like the media can really control our country mm. and we're, we're, we're very easily persuaded and yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of terrifying. Yeah. yeah so I real. think thinking for yourself is probably the best action that you can take these days. Right. So to bring it back to psychedelics, I listen to a lot of Tim Ferriss and I listen to a lot of Sam Harris. I've never heard of them, but oh, okay. Go ahead. Um, they are both pretty prominent podcasters. Uh, Tim Ferriss is kind of the, the world's guinea pig. Like he d- has done a ton of experience experiments over his life he okay. wrote the four-hour work week or the four-hour body and tools of titans and all these kind okay. of like high performance into that. high performance business books but what he's doing with a lot of the money he's grown for himself as a professional investor he is actually now putting money into clinical and collegiate uh psychedelic trials nice and actually working with scientists to figure out like how can we First, like, let's study the actual effects on the brain. Like, like, let's get people in fMRIs yep. and feed them a mushroom and like, and watch what the brain is doing mm-hmm. while they're having their experience. And Sam Harris, he's kind of known to be one of the new atheists along with like Richard Dawkins and uh, Hitchens, okay, all these guys. But he has a lot of practice in meditation. Like he has the waking up app and he has quite a few books about okay. meditation and whatnot. And fairly often on his podcast called Making Sense, he talks about psychedelics and he he talks about his experiences. Nice. Um, And a couple of things I understand from listening to both Tim Ferriss and Sam Harris is that the way they like to use psychedelics is kind of what you were saying, how the mushroom will help you like tear down the ego and just leave, you know, like peel the banana, leave the banana left, right? The way they talk about it is a mushroom is a good way to introduce you to this whole concept of yourself and the constructs you put on your personality, your career choices, even your hobbies, like all these Mm -hmm. things kind of are built up in your brain to be you. But all of a sudden you take a psychedelic and all that is stripped away. And they talk about how this is a good way to teach someone about not necessarily that duality, but at least show you an ego. The ego is a very real thing in, in our experiences so they'll talk about this is a good way to introduce yourself to the concept and then a lifetime of meditation is how you get back there right so i i agree with that very much so i i add the mushrooms into the meditation sure 
Um, if you meditate on mushrooms, it's a completely different experience. <laughs> so it. you almost like it's it's almost like if you and it's it's all about experience too. Because I mean, the first time you take mushrooms, you're not going to be able to like really translate what just happened right. as much as you will as the hundredth time you take mushrooms. And that's why sure I advocate for taking mushrooms, however much you need them. I think people okay. should all find their find their medicine, is what I say. Some people. Some people's medicine is meditation. Right? That's one mm-hmm. of mine. Yeah. Some people's medicine is not even something that you eat like that. It's it's something like meditation, but mine would be uh, mushrooms. And I can literally throughout the week, I can all of a sudden start putting stuff onto my shoulders and be like, all right, this is too heavy on my back. Mm, I need to go up to the mountains right now Ooh. and sit down and decompress. Yeah. And I do it, try to do it once, once a week, maybe once every two weeks. And I do it alone, not with anybody else. Sure. And those those experiences right there, every single time I come back from one of those experiences, I'm a new person. Mm. Nice. And it's it's the most beneficial thing. And and I'm not I I'm not like saying that everyone should do the, do this. I'm saying everyone should find something that's beneficial to them. Yeah. yeah. No matter what yeah, it definitely. is. And for me, it's been mushrooms, and and I advocate for mushrooms because of the the misunderstood nature of mushrooms. Sure. That they're so they're so therapeutic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you use them right. So Sam Harris also talks about with psychedelics is you can have 99 good trips and then the one bad trip might freak you out enough to stop. I had the most terrifying mushroom trip of my life a week ago. Really? The most. So, so it was the worst ter- experience of my entire life. Yeah. And the most beneficial thing that has ever happened to me in my entire stinking life. Mm. Wow. And so what it, what it really explained to me was I, I had an, an hour. So basically what I did, I had a huge project, a jewelry project Mm -hmm. that I really hadn't read instructions on how to do or whatnot. And I had like eight hours until I had to do it. And so Mm. I decided to just take a bunch of mushrooms and like have this eight hour experience, whatever. And I'd do that later. Okay. Well, during the whole experience of, I thought I I (laughs) lost track of time and was like, I need to go learn all this. And I tried to start reading instructions. Oh gosh. So it literally turned out to be the worst experience of my entire life for about an hour. Uh, because I, I, I take very high dose, high doses, uh, very high doses of mushrooms because it's the, it's what really pushes me. But after that, what I learned was the duality of life, man. Like you can't, it, it, I needed that so bad. I mm-hmm. needed to get my butt kicked because a, I was, I kind of thought that I was this psychedelic warrior, you know, I'm like, I'm doing great. So <laughs> yeah. being, being in a position where I was terrified, I've, I've heard of bad trips, but I've never had one. You, it's, it's just, it's not a, not a cool place to be. It's like taking you down a there. peg. Yes. It, dude, <laughs> yeah. it took me down a peg for sure. But wow. I think everyone needs those two. It's, it's like life and death, dude. Yeah. Strong and weak duality, man. That bad, that bad trip literally made me see, it was like, okay, that was a bad trip. But without that, without that just terrifying nature. I wouldn't know what's like good, yeah. you know, and like it just, it, the more terrified and scared you get there, when you oh. come back to normality, you're like, this is beautiful. It gives you a contrast. Right? Like yeah, you don't know what light is beautiful unless contrast. you know dark. Yeah. And okay. I think you need to explore the darkness to really like really get acquainted with life because life is duality. You know, there's night and day, sure. black yeah. and white. These things have opposites. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's, it's a, it, how am I trying to say this? Like, it's a, it's a journey. Yeah. You know, that, that if, if you start delving into psychedelics, it's a journey and mm-hmm. it will rework you into something that you didn't know you were. It's all beneficial, just bottom line beneficial. That's very good. Mm-hmm. Thanks for going into that. Yeah. A couple disclaimers we should say here. 
do not get in contact <laughs> with Nathan. Do not get in to- contact with the Hennings. We will not get you any. Hennings, in fact, have no idea where to get any. Nope. We, yeah, I, I will <laughs> never facilitate the sale of yeah. any any substance that is illegal. You've if, lived that if, life. If, if You're I done could, with that yes, life. I've lived that life. If I could legally, I would do it. But if there comes a point in life where, you know what? I, I'm here to tell you what's working for me. Sure. I'm not going to go back to that life. Yeah. Yes. I think that's very good. <laughs> setting that strong boundary. Don't be that guy that tries to convince Nathan to go back to that life. Don't be that guy. <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> Thank you for listening to No Normal People this week. If you like what you're hearing, the best place to tell us about it would be on Apple Podcasts or Facebook.com, where you can leave us a five-star rating and a one- or two-sentence review. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NoPeoplePod. That's K-N-O-W PeoplePod. Also, be sure to use our hashtags, NoNormalPeople and hashtag KNP. If you haven't been there in a while, we have a newly designed website over at nonormalpeople.com. And while you're there, you can check out the store where we have podcast artwork featured stickers. And coming soon, we'll have a locally roasted and packaged No Normal People coffee blend. there. My name is Dixie Lee and I am the host of Authors Intent. As a movie addict and book enthusiast, I both love and hate the decisions some directors make in book adaptations. Join me as we go through the best books this world has to offer as we dive into what the author intended. We'll talk about the things that were done well as well as some of the major faux pas in some of the most beloved stories. Season 1, Episode 1, we will be diving into the wonderful world of Harry Potter, starting, of course, with the Sorcerer's Stone. You can follow this podcast on Instagram at Authors Intent. And a special thanks to Louis Zong for the use of his song Melody Meadows off of his album Levels. Okay, you've mentioned it a couple times now, so I want to dig into your business and yes. Before, making jewelry. Okay, hold up, hold up. Dixie had a specific one she wanted oh. to talk about. <laughs> Great. You freaking blew my mind. Your mom shared it. This one, Mind Maker. The- oh, my Zodiac pendant. I literally, I saw that, I think yesterday, and I was like, what the hell? Yes, that's so that was kind beautiful. of a monumental pendant for me. Um, it was twenty three hours behind a microscope to create it. It's so pretty. Thank I you so much. I really appreciate that. Thank you. I want to share this on our on our Instagram. We and most definitely will. Because I literally like I've seen a lot of your stuff. Um, everything that you've made is just freaking gorgeous, and I'm Thank sure you. has a lot of thought and intent behind every piece that you make. But that one specifically, I was like. Holy thank you. That is beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. So let's talk about how you got into this for a while. You you've had a couple different names for the business right now. You go by is it Impifo? It's Impepo. Impepo. So I I kind of I like that name because it's no one knows how to pronounce it. Like (laughs) I I really like like how do you say that? It's like how do you want to say it? Impepo and Pepo and Pefo. Right. But uh, what Impepo is is a ceremonial herb for smudging. 
used by the Zulu tribe huh. to get in contact with the ancestors. Oh, okay. wow. And so that's kind of why I placed it there because I feel a lot of my work is influenced by the past and what I've read and sure. things, mm. other, other people's ideals. Oh. Um, it's just this compounding life is compounding, yeah. you know, and, and everything that I do is in collaboration with the ancestors because of that. Mm. I mean, I'm constantly collaborating with the people before me. Right. So that's why that's the basis of the name in Peppo. Oh, that's great. That is so cool. So when did you start getting interested in metalworks and just making beautiful art with it? When I was in Bozeman, before I moved back here, actually. Okay. You know, I kind of, I was at a buddy's house and he, he bought out a wire wrap pendant and I was like, yo, I was like, what is this? Like, this is insane. Cause it wasn't <laughs> like anything I'd ever seen. It wasn't like a piece of jewelry. This was mm-hmm. like wild psychedelic, almost art. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was just, right. it was crazy. And I was like, this is so cool. I was like, can I buy this? And he was like, yeah, you can buy it. So I bought it. I had that for probably a year, year or so before I was looking at it one day and I literally was like, I can do this. <laughs> and I was like, that's how I've literally started most of my projects by looking at something and saying, I can do that. Dude, that's, so, that's why this podcast exists. Cause I was like, I, exactly. could, do that. I could probably do that. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, you know, exactly. And after I told myself I could do it, I bought some wire, started wrapping things up, and I wish I could show you pictures of what I started to make first because sure. it was horrible. Oh, <laughs> um, okay. It was just it was just mangled mess. And for years, I wrapped wire around gems, kind of sold it here and there and whatnot. And when I got back to Billings and moved into that studio that or that warehouse area, yeah, I kind of just started getting metalworking stuff. I bought a torch. I bought you know mm-hmm. all this random stuff. I bought an engraver. Didn't know how to use any of it. Was just kind of doing, and random jewelers would come over and be like, "What are you doing?" Like, <laughs> like I have a buddy who's a jeweler, and he came over and he goes, "Dude, you know, like that's sharp, and you're like about to stab yourself." Like, and I was like, "Oh yeah." Like, he's like, "None of this equipment is being used, right, dude?" Oh. And so, I mean, that's just kind of how I am, dude. I make things work. Right. And funny. so over the years, like you know, I got got more interested. Da da da. I kind of my my love for it went up and down and up and down and I was I'm really obsessed with this artist named Christopher Sir so I went down to the Gem and Jam Festival okay. I got to meet him um, oh. Oh, and, cool. and hang out with him he's a super cool guy um, I still remember our conversation he was just so encouraging and so humble and so he's who I model and like what I do after he's got a great business right now mm-hmm. sure but after that you know I was really motivated and then came back and then I just kind of tanked mm. you know, oh. I started partying and because this whole like wire wrapping and jewelry thing, like yeah. somehow it's integrated into the the festival party world, mm. like very heavily. Right. Okay. So like if you're into going to festivals and and doing a lot of psychedelics, you're really into like psychedelic like jewelry. And so that's where it came <laughs> yeah. from, you sure. know? And anyway, it's like that I I came back, tanked, and then got a studio in Billings, kind of started doing it a little more, was just was just not in a good space mentally. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't in a yeah. good spot mentally to start making jewelry. And then I went to treatment, came back, and this is the craziest part. I came back from treatment and I was like, dude, I'm going to be a yoga teacher because they taught me yoga there. And I was like, this is great. I was like, this, I love yoga. The best thing that ever happened to me, I was doing yoga so much. And I started, I took some classes, became a yoga teacher, started teaching yoga, was teaching yoga, and I was having a great time teaching yoga. I didn't really pick up my jewelry after, after I um, came back. And I think in January... Or February, is that when lockdown started? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Around then. It was like, like beginning right of beginning March. of March yeah. for so, yeah, most I, of the country. I, I had kind of like gotten a little bit of a jewelry bench set up, just a little kind of just with a, whatever I had around. Yeah. And all of a sudden lockdown happened and I 
I was like, well, I might as well get good at something. You know, I might as well get good at a skill. As long as you're locked down yeah. and can't be in a yoga studio. I can't do studio. anything. So I sat down and I taught myself how to engrave better, how to stone set better, how to do all these things better. And since January, I have, I've come leaps and bounds from mm-hmm. where I was at. So every picture on my Instagram, there's like the very first one. Those were the first pendants that I did in January. Yeah. So any, everything on my Instagram is from January on. Which Documenting is a pretty, your evolution. Yeah. And, and it's been so pretty good. cool. And I, I attribute all of the forward motion that I made to going into the mountains and taking mushrooms. Okay. Because mm-hmm. when you do that and you have a clear mind, when you've dealt with the ego, when you understand that there's, sure. there's, a, there's a second, there's a second wind that you get when you on psychedelics versus a little bit is dealing with your ego dealing with yourself right once you deal with that then they become a tool dude like all of a sudden when you think about your business you're just you're just ding 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 putting things together you want to do this all of a sudden these inspirations come to your mind and you can really use them to push your business forward right so once i started doing that every piece of jewelry that i made was like not good enough good but not good enough right and i was like good but not good enough good but not good enough and now i'm to the point where that's just what I do with every piece of jewelry. Mm-hmm. Like it's good, but not good enough. Next one's going to be sicker. Next one's yeah. going to be doper. Okay. Right. And <laughs> yes. And it's just, it, I don't know if you've ever heard of Earl Nightingale. Mm-hmm. I, you know, his, uh, strangest secret, this, the book, the story or the book, the strangest secret. I've heard of it. Basically it, the strangest secret is that if you think about something every day, it will become, you'll get it. Oh, right. It, yeah. it, right. You, okay. you will get it. It's the, it's the law of attraction or whatever you want to say, but sure. he's got the book called, um, uh, the strangest secret. I listen to that every day, three or four times for like three weeks, probably. Wow. Every single day, just over and over and over and over and over again. Right. And I wake up every single day. And the first thing I do is walk out to my studio, do some yoga, do some meditation and sit down on my jewelry bench every single day. It's all I do. It's all I want to do. It's all my goals are is to create the best jewelry company that I can possibly create. That's so good. And so hopefully in five years... I'm going to be sitting pretty with like uh, a jewelry business that I've created from the ground up um, because I know it's possible. Yeah. You know, after, after the little bit of, of work that I've done this last six months, I'm like, holy cow, I can't wait for the next five years. Yeah. Right. Like it's insane. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a name for the style that you like to create in? Cause it's definitely, it's definitely something I'm not familiar with. Like I, you wouldn't find a piece like this at Samuel's yep. or whatever, <laughs> yep. you know, yep. I don't really know. Okay. You know, I've, it's your I've, own. It's definitely my it's own. Pepo style. Um, I, I definitely. It's it's <laughs> definitely my own style. I think the weirder things are, the more wild things are, the more yeah. things catch your eye, the more mm-hmm. you say, "What the heck is that? Like, what is going on there?" Yeah. And the more symmetrical and and like clean cut they can be. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's just what I'm going for. Okay. Um, basically, the best weirdest stuff. Right. A lot of them have reminded me because you do a lot of. Like medallions, like circular. That's that's a recent a recent uh, endeavor. And I yeah. love it. And a lot of them remind me of like specific snapshots you would get, like as a kid looking through a kaleidoscope, and you would nice. see yeah. it, and you would. Get, oh yeah. I mean, like that's kind of a, like a classically psychedelic art style, mm-hmm. even that kaleidoscope kind of look. It's another way that psychedelics will help you if you're meditating on psychedelics, <laughs> dude. You get visions. That you can translate into, I mean, it's, I've, most of my designs came from sitting down on the side of a hill wow, right. and, and closing my eyes and interpreting what I saw later that night or whatnot. Like, mm. sure. It's very, it's very psychedelic. The symmetry, yeah. the, right. the, the whole kaleidoscope way was a really good way to put it. Like it's a very mm-hmm. good way to put it, but that's something that I started one day 
just did it. All of those are all of those start with no design. All of those start with a sheet of metal. I cut out a circle and I just start going. Wow. wow. Okay. Um, and so you're not necessarily making a design like sketching it in a notebook first. None or of anything. those medallions were sketched at all. Wow. None of them were wow. anything. I just start sat down. And I have a pair of dividers which get your distance right. Sure. You know, and literally go from there. Wow. But I think in geometry. That's okay. how I think. Oh, wow. My mind is very geometric. Yeah. So that's been really beneficial. Wow. That's so good. That's Thank that's you. a foreign concept to me. <laughs> would you like, would you no. mind introducing <laughs> us to just some of the, like the basic tools that you've collected for yourself in your studio and yeah. uh, what what it would take for someone uh, like an amateur to get into like if they want to start cutting their own stuff. So basically, there's a couple different schools that you can get into. Um, my whole goal for myself is to be as well rounded of a jeweler as I can. Yeah. So I'm trying to grab all avenues here. I'm trying to do casting engraving, mm-hmm. fabrication, all of that. Basically, what I would do if you're trying to get into it is 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 figure out what you want to do. Yeah. You know, figure out if you want to carve wax, are you a good sculptor? Mm. Um because what you can do is you can carve wax, make a negative of that wax and inject silver into it. That's just a very right. simple way to oh, put it. Yeah. It's called lost wax casting. Okay. Um and I have a vacuum caster to do that. Sucks air through that negative mold and you dump molten silver or gold in there and it just goes sucks to the mold oh, whatever you cool. just fills it in fills right. it up that's so cool so there's that way you can do it okay um you can start with sheet fabrication she just buy silver sheet yeah cut it up learn to solder solder that together make your own stuff so anything that's big and stacked that's what that is mm. i just started carving wax i, I don't see. really carve wax a ton okay just recently started doing that i'm really trying to get good at it um i also use enamel right um that's like glass it's powdered mm-hmm. glass. It's literally powdered glass that you put onto a section of your piece of jewelry, stick it in the kiln at 1500 degrees for a minute and a half. It melts that glass and then you pull it out and then you've got a glass piece on your piece of silver or gold. Okay. What else do I got? My microscope is what I do do everything from. Right. That's an investment that comes later down the line. Yeah. Um, it, once you realize that you really want to do this for, for a living because a microscope changes everything. Yeah. It changes everything. An engraver, that's my most valued tool right now, my engraving. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're cutting metal with metal, which is really cool. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, yeah, for real. You, you have a piece of carbide steel. You shape that carbide steel on, on a hone is what it's called. Like, so it's like a circular lap. You shape that piece of steel on there to where it cuts smoothly, cuts smooth lines. It's a very, very like tedious process to get to get understood. Yeah. It's so cool once you can get that engraving to look exactly like you want. Once you can control your hand to do exactly what you want. It's a very cool feeling. Very steady hands. And then you get to go on autopilot. That's the coolest part, dude. You just start right. to you just start to go. You're like, okay, I want to do this. And then it's just like and you're like, whoa, that's that's cool. That's cool. Three months ago I couldn't have probably done that. Yeah. Right. But that is so cool. I'm trying to think what else is uh I've seen Instagram stories of your whole studio. I love I love the different stations yep. you clearly have. So that studio has been, it's its definitely evolved over the last six months. Um, I'm super blessed to live with my parents. Mm-hmm. I've, I've actually had to come to terms with that because like living with your parents isn't a cool thing. But yeah. dude, my parents are so tight. Right. Um, I, I mean, get, we're moving in with my mom and my grandma like next week. So yeah. You know what? No Other cultures live with their family for the rest of their <laughs> lives. Yeah, for real. Generational home. It's so beneficial. What I've realized is living with my family is just... It's been really hard in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's really hard to understand that. But when you learn to work together with somebody, when you're living with them, like it's beneficial. Right. Yeah. It's very beneficial. But it's also like, it's just 
good. Like it's just wholesome. It's good for you to be around your family and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Absolutely. So I've, plus uh, a nod to the name of your company as well. You're kind of you're resting back in the place where your family came from. Dude, I never yeah. thought of it. It's like, like that. where you grew up. Like yeah. you have that massive cottonwood tree again to sit underneath. You yeah, have the river right there. Yeah, for so real. much, dude. I've never thought of it like that. Plus, the way what sparked in my mind when you started talking about this exact same room, this studio, mm-hmm. um, was where you lost your brother. Yep. Now mm-hmm. you get to kind of reclaim that space for creativity yep. and yeah. for generativity. Like mm-hmm. you're making something beautiful out of a place yep. that was probably marked in your entire family's minds as the worst place on the earth. Took a long time for uh, the whole family to be able to, you know, go in and out of there yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. And yeah, because it, it becomes its own space when it's been yeah. marked like by death yep. like that. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I've, I've really been able to transmute that into like good energy. Cause I can, I, 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 f- I feel my brother in there, man. It's like, yeah. And you know, personally I have this belief system that like, we're all, we're all cut from the same cloth. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I am you, you are me. That concept is said yeah. a lot, but yeah. I mean, I think it's very true. Yeah. yeah. So I, it's been cool to, I don't know, cool to just like feel his energy out there and, yeah, and be absolutely. able to. Well, this was his music studio for a time and yep. you made music with him. Yep. Like I, he still even has stuff on SoundCloud probably. Yep. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. This was sure. something you guys bonded over as well. Yep. Oh, yeah. So good. Yeah. I think there's a C.S. Lewis quote talking about how you are with one person um, and when you introduce a new person into that relationship, it's a completely different thing. And the fact that Colin died in that place where you now have your studio, it's like you get to access that relationship with him in that room without him actually being there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's almost like inviting a third person into that relationship. It's like become this completely new thing. I have people who are very like taken aback that I'm there, that I'm yeah. able to do that. Right. But I'm, I'm very like, I'm like very okay with my brother's death now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it, it's just because I think everything that happens is supposed to happen. Like, yeah. like and, and I, I'm, a lot of people disagree with me right now that, but the state of the world is exactly as the state of the world should be. Mm. Like everyone's chaos yeah. and madness is, is exactly what should be happening. Sure. Yeah. And all the sorrow and heartache. It's here to teach us something it's if we'll cycle. pay attention. Yeah. Dude, straight just, up. You know, it's that duality. Yeah. If it's good, it's got to be some bad way. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? If it's good, it's got to have some bad to back it up in some way. It's just, yeah. it's just this weird duality of, oh, of life. Kind of a, like a yin yang. A yin and idea. yang for okay. sure. It's a very Taoist uh, concept. It's. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm into that Taoist concept of non-action, um, oh, okay. uh, pulling back and watching what's going on right now. I'm learning so much because I'm not going to get involved right now. Yeah. Um, oh, some, some detachment and detachment observation. and observation yeah. right now is probably oh. the best thing for anyone. Um, yeah. because what happens when you start to get involved is like, that's cool to get involved, but, um, you really have to have control of yourself or you lose yourself. Yeah. And yeah. there's the Gita talks about there's two kinds of yogis. There's the, the yoga of knowledge and the yoga of um, action. Right. And the yoga of knowledge is for those seeking knowledge, those who are spreading knowledge. It's my my purpose on this planet to spread knowledge. It's my purpose on this planet to help people out of those dark spots and talk to people. But it's all based on knowledge. <laughs> yeah, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. He's back. So excited to move. Classic Friday. But then on the other side of that, you have the yoga of 
action. I'm waiting for him to do it. I know, right? <laughs> the yoga of action, which is going out and helping people and being there for people and holding mm. that space for people, which I'm horrible at. Yeah. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm a very, I'm, I'm all over the place. I like to learn and I like to teach and I like to speak. But when it comes down to like compassion, that's something that I'm really working on. It's mm. really, it's really heavy for me to be compassionate because I, for some reason, things just don't hit me in the heart like they do other people. Sure. Mm-hmm. But that's why I love that part in the Gita that talks about there's the yoga of knowledge and the yoga of action, like choose one. Both of these will bring you to the heaven of the kingdom of God is pretty much what it says. Sure. Mm. Both of these done well will bring you to the kingdom of God. Oh yeah. Holding them in tension and like yeah. marrying the two. So you have knowledge and action. So, and I think that's, that's a definitely a thing that I'm not, that I'm not delving into right now, the knowledge and action. Um, I'm, sure. And maybe I should, I'm glad that you said that right now. There it cause is. Like, cause like, cause actually now that, now that you say that, I think I might've read that verse and been like, well, great. I don't have to be compassionate. I can just learn stuff and tell people. Right. It's like, not, it's maybe, it's, it's maybe not necessarily like, I don't need to be compassionate. Yeah. And I yeah. don't think it is pickling. It's like the you same said, highway. you know, but, but it really put it put in, in front of me is like, we're all built to do something, you know, and yeah. I'm built, I'm built to learn and teach. I love learning. Wow, I love teaching. That's fascinating. I pay a lot of attention to Richard Rohr. He's a Franciscan friar in okay. New Mexico. And he, he his most recent book is called The Universal Christ, which kind of speaks to this ground of being concept of what Christ is. Okay. And that Christ, mm-hmm. um, he would argue as a Franciscan, like he considers himself a resurrection person, like okay. a Jesus person. Yep. He would say Christ was so hyper-focused in Jesus. And this is why we have the Bible as we do. And this is why we have a system built around Jesus Great. as we do. Such a cool um, concept. But he founded an entire organization down there in New Mexico called the Center for Action and Contemplation. And okay. he he always talks about the tension between action and contemplation. But the way he, he named it, he's like, I purposely put action first. Mm. Um, like, if we're not going to put our bodies behind it, our mind won't follow and our heart won't follow. So true. Right? So true. That's so true. Some good concepts here. Yeah. What's, what's so interesting to me when you get into spiritual conversations, especially as they head into the more mystical direction of each tradition, mm-hmm. mystical Buddhism, Hinduism, Christianity, we all kind of start sounding the same. It's yeah. We're just using different metaphors. Yeah. What, very much so. <laughs> have you heard yeah. the thought experiment of three blind men touching an elephant? No. So three blind men encounter an elephant in the jungle. Okay. One touches the trunk and says, well, we found ourselves a tree. One touches the side of it and says, no, we've found ourselves a a rock cliff. And one touches the trunk and says, no, we actually found ourselves a snake. Three blind men touching the exact same thing. Yep. But because they're encountering different parts parts of of the body and different limbs, different parts of the physicality of the thing, they're experiencing something completely different and it's hard for them to communicate like i'm touching a tree here but i'm touching a snake here. i love that so much and i so often wonder if that's what world religion does for us Mm -hmm. is uh, if the hindus are tapping into something that the christians have not encountered themselves yeah and if we're all just blind people touching the same spiritual elephant so personally (laughs) that's why i've delved into so many different different religions and ideas and stuff like that they're all They've all got some really, really good teachings to them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very true. I think like that, that, you know, the Buddhas or or whoever you want to talk about, these people who Jesus who've come there. I like that concept of like that Christ was just so focused through them, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that they're a little more illumined, I guess sure. you could say. But yeah, I mean, I think these people were real. These people were very, very 
close to God, whatever yeah. that is. Right. And I think that we try to interpret that. And I don't yeah. think we should really try to interpret it that hard. Right. I think we should just be like, dude, okay, great. Just like, experience Let's it. live life and, yeah. and live life by like what they're teaching and stuff like that. But we argue. We like to argue. Yes. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Well, and there's a fundamentalism to each tradition that gives us things like the Crusades yes. or <laughs> hyper-colonialism. And, you know, I heard uh, Alison Gray actually talking the other day. She's like, yeah, but the Crusades were people. They weren't Christianity. Crusades were people. Oh, they were not Christianity. Yes, absolutely. That's good. They um, missed the point. They did, for sure. And that's where you, that's, I think that's what happens when you try to explain God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? This is, and then you get behind <laughs> it. You're like, oh, my explanation is right. And then you think that what you're doing is just justified. Especially yeah. if you're explaining, trying to explain God to God. Ooh. Like, I figured out my theology. So, <laughs> explain God to God. Fall in wow. line, bud. You know, yeah. Yeah. Like, an that's, argument that's some with of God about I, what he is. A lot it's of, like, yeah. there's a lot of evangelical Christian talk about like, make sure you're praying and asking, like you said, like ask for your will to be done. Not necessarily like I need my aunt to be healed and my dog just got sick Dude. or like you're not, you're putting God in such a small, tiny box. So I never pray for good things to happen. Like right. if, I'm yeah. in a, if I'm in a situation, I'm like, if I'm in a situation about to, uh, I don't know, about to go drive my truck really fast on the highway. It's like, I don't pray to be safe because sure. if God wants to knock me out right there, he's gonna do it. Sure. <laughs> like yeah. it's gonna happen. <laughs> and that's such a weird concept when you're like, oh, I pray that pray that I won't, you know, drive off the road today. But like, right. you, is that really going to do like, I don't, I don't know. It's a weird concept. So in, in, in my mind saying that is, is a lot weirder to me than just being like, all right, whatever happens, happens. Like, thanks for being there, dude. Right. Like, yeah. And a lot of people really get caught up. There's the. The Christians who really think that like God will give you everything, like prosperity, you pray prosperity, prosperity gospel, yeah. prosperity gospel, name and, like, it, claim it, health and yeah. wealth. Yeah. And, and so to a point, I think that's very true, but I don't think that you should be putting that on God like that because no, our minds, yeah. dude, our minds can literally manifest or will or whatever you want. They can create things. We can sure. get that stuff. Yeah. It's not, we don't, don't put that on God to like do that because <laughs> yeah. you can already do that. He created you to do that. So right. he is obviously doing that through you. Right. Cause otherwise you're telling God how to be God. <laughs> exactly. God is and then all of a sudden exactly. you're God. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and well, and man. so the concept of being God too, so that this is a really weird one that you get on mushrooms a lot. You start to feel like you are God and it's not. And what I've come to is it's, it's you don't think that you're God, but you really understand that like everything here is coming from a battery pack and you are all of, like, we're all mm. powered by this one battery pack and that's how i think of god you know it's a battery pack powering the heavens and the earth yeah like there's definitely another realm i think it's still powder powered by the upper god that ground of being concept Mm -hmm. like we wouldn't have our being if we weren't already included in divinity yes yeah right yes yes. if if we were all just unplugged we would just cease yeah we know this we're already existing in eternity down in us that just knows this yes right yeah Yes, yes. Oh, I had another thought. I want to talk about the the yogic phrase, the light in me honors the light in you. Mm. Um, namaste, mm-hmm. right? I just got on a, on a tweet thread myself the other day. <laughs> I love Twitter. Just like, I feel like I'm shouting into nothingness, but at the same time, it's like a good place to just put ideas nice. somewhere. Okay. Yelling you know? at everybody in New York. Right. Yeah, exactly. in New York. <laughs> Yelling at my New Yorker friends. <laughs> Um, but I, I love the concept that namaste, like the light in me honors the light in you. And I, I've often said, uh, Dixie and I consider ourselves Christians. Like we go to Christian church and when we end up in conflict with a brother and sister sibling, we, I, I often say it's like, 
the reason this hurts so much to be in conflict with someone who we clearly recognize to be of the same cut of the same cloth, as you say. Yes. And I think this does spread beyond just like when we're in conflict with Christians. Like if you and I were in conflict, I would feel the exact same thing. And I often say it's because the Holy Spirit in me is grieved that it's going has like you're causing it against to go the whole against the Holy Spirit in you. Dude, I get that. Like mm-hmm. you're you're asking it to rend itself where it was never designed to be torn apart. Yeah. Mm. Um wow, okay. That's but, a pretty that's a pretty cool concept. But again, this is one of those things where it's like I've said this for what, 3 years now. Mm-hmm. It was something that came up when we were in a lot of church drama. <laughs> and like I I came across the uh, like really studied the word namaste and kind of the concept behind it and it's like again, we're saying the same thing. Like it's coming from two di- different traditions but we we're seeing this in each other. Yes. It's so, it's so good to me. I love yes. it. Um, you know, the, that namaste is, uh, uh, you know, I see the light in you and honors the light in me or the honors. Jesus, excuse me. The light in me honors the light in you. Like that's a cool <laughs> statement because it, what it does is it, it puts you all on the same playing field. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, okay, you know, like you might be doing something really, really unsavory right now but dude it's the same light in me that's in you right like, we're yeah. being powered by that same battery pack like right and this is the jewish yeah. tradition or jewish concept of the image of god like yeah. from yes. from creation like humanity was injected with the image of god yes 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 right there there's just something there it's so <laughs> it's so flipping dude good. there's definitely something there and i think discussions like these are are the best way to move forward in your knowledge about something out there right. yeah. yeah um but these discussions don't happen very often Mm-mm. because when somebody gets behind their faith they get behind their faith mm-hmm. and oh, they're yeah. right and you're wrong and like i don't like that because i'm not right i'm not right what i'm saying might not be even true right like what i'm saying is something that i've gathered from the universe from my observation sure and i want you guys to do the same i want everybody to do the same right but i also want to come together and discuss what you've observed right yeah in a way that's like kind because we're all experiencing this we're all having right. the same experience yeah like let me know let me know how your experience is going because i'll let you know how my experience is going and then I'll we can tell put you those how this together. elephant feels exactly to me. <laughs> uh, you know those three guys they could have literally been like well Okay, well, what are you feeling right now? Describe what you're feeling right now. They might be blind, but they can still talk to each other. Exactly. And that's a cool concept. I yeah. love that story. I'm going to use it. Right. It's, <laughs> oh, it's so good. It, it just opens up my concept of belief and it opens up our, my concept of just my, the relatedness, the interconnectedness mm. among mm-hmm. all of us. Like, again, like if I was, if I was too behind being defensive or too behind even uh, concepts of like, illegality like can you imagine where this conversation would have gone if i was just like nathan i think you're totally wrong about mushrooms i think you need jesus Boom. let's move on <laughs> Boom! i Interview love over. it <laughs> i love it because that's literally uh, that's a very good example of what we're talking about right now yeah a perfect right. example yeah <sighs> this reminds me of so i always bring this verse up but john 1 5 the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can't comprehend it that is essentially saying you don't get it till you get it Mm. So there's a difference between knowing and realizing. Mm. Oh, that's, that's why. Talk so, about that. so once you like, you, you can know things and you can hear them for years. Mm-hmm. But once you really truly realize what you've been yeah. studying and realize, and that's why I think the. So the um, one of the yogis who brought yoga to America, Paramahansa Yogananda is his name, and he started something called the Self Realization Fellowship. Mm. And once you like like understand like what self-realization is like understanding just who you are like and and it's a beautiful thing but 
you can like think you know who you are for years, but once you realize, once that moment of yeah. realization and you're like, whoa, everything changes. Yeah. yeah. And so once you, once you had that experience, then you start to look it around and you're like, well, what else do I know? And what yeah. else, what else do I know? Because the more you study things, it's like, I, I listen to, I listen to these things and read these things every day. Mm-hmm. And, and at one point in time, I'm going to read that for the 25th time and realize it. Yeah. You know, I can hear these Bible verses all day. I can hear these verses from the Gita all day. I can hear people talking all day. But you need that repetitive nature. You need to start to realize it. Yeah. And that was a huge step for me when I was like, yeah, you can know things for sure. That doesn't really get you that far. Yeah. No, Unless yeah. you truly realize that nature, the true nature of what you're, of what you're knowing. Right. That's, that's a different step. Yeah. yeah. It's a transformative knowledge. It's yes. Not, and this goes back to uh, Richard Rohr in the Center for Action and Contemplation. He biases action before contemplation. Because like you, you have to work yourself into it. Yeah. Yes. Right. That's so true. Well, and you, it's like fake it till you make it. Yeah. yeah and it's exactly. like the, it's like the story of wisdom. Like if wisdom's knocking at the door, if you don't go to the door, you're not going to get any closer yes. to wisdom. Mm. And if yes. she moves out into the street and you don't do anything, it's like taking the action to move towards yes. wisdom. Yes. Right. So. And with realization too, realize the difference between knowing and realizing is action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yep. you can know there things for years. Like you can yeah. know things forever and ever and ever in your life, but not act on that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As soon as you I start, can know a healthy diet and exercise boom. is going to help me. <laughs> Such a good example. Yes. Right? I know you, you can know all these things. And you can, and, How many and Americans know that? It's like 95% <laughs> yes. of people surveyed would say uh, yes. healthy diet and exercise <laughs> and only 10% of Americans actually work yeah. out. And then it's that realization. It's well. like, oh, and the realization that it's in your hands, dude. Right. It's in it's your like, hands. I Literally been doing all this me. This whole time. I can't yes. pay someone else to lose my weight. Yeah. And it's 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 cool. It's cool that it's such a journey because yeah. like you can you can not never stop realizing things, and that's like mm-hmm. a beautiful part of it. Yeah. You know, as as soon as as long as you keep uh, striving for yeah. that knowledge, yeah. That, yeah, that realization. Right. And that moment, something dawns on you. It's like, oh. It's a beautiful I've kn- feeling. I've known this for years, but I haven't like known this <laughs> yeah. for years. Like, there's yes. something, there's like a body knowing to yes. it. Yeah. Um, Very much so. That kind of, uh, it finally like trickles down from your head. Yes. Yeah. You know? I agree for real. with that. Ooh. Speaking of action, one of my favorite, <laughs> that was quite the segue. <laughs> one of my favorite questions is, do you follow any particular morning or evening routines that you like to keep grounded on a daily basis? Yes. Uh, we, we've talked about quite a few of them already, but like run yeah. us through a typical day and what you like to intentionally, <clears throat> what you've thought about intentionally doing to keep you healthy. So I like to wake up at the same time every morning, 6am and I get up, I make a cup of tea. I drink my yerba as I'm doing yoga and doing stretches. And once I've stretched out and done some yoga, I sit down and meditate for um, however long it takes to run through a mala um, necklace. So yeah. at each breath, I flip a bead. Right. So inhale, exhale, flip a bead. Mm. And so there's 108 beads on here, 108 breaths every morning. Usually it takes 30 to five minutes around 35, 40 minutes. Sure. Some days if you're stressed out, it could take 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's all depends on how your day goes. But what that does for me is it gives me a, a base observation of what's going on in my brain. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because a lot of times you'll wake up in the morning and not realize that your subconscious is talking some really negative stuff. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah, I have one of I the most withering this. inner critics. <laughs> <laughs> I have, Dude, I have, I have no, no idea what, idea I'm, what, what I'm talking like. about. But I, yeah. Like, I'm I can, serious right now. I'm seriously, I can literally go through the day with okay. literally no thought. I am very interested in you right now <laughs> because I've met one other person like you and it's I very can't. far and few that like someone doesn't wake up with a crazy yeah, thought no. process going through their head. Yeah. Yeah, no, I literally, Steven's told me about this because he has that crazy thought process. Yeah. Wakes up and he's immediately like 
you're a horrible person. I wake yeah. up and I'm like, empty. <laughs> like there's Dude, nothing going on. So this goes to say <laughs> that you probably need meditation a lot more than she does. I don't. Oh, absolutely. And there's he meditates people. all the time. There's people that need it more, dude, because yeah. my brain runs so fast, probably like yours, yeah. that we need to sit down and stop it for a minute or else it will literally run itself into the ground. Yeah. Yeah. First he, thing I do is make some coffee and, and sit right over there with, with, he describes, with my prayer liturgy and with a meditation. Yeah. Like I have some yes. beads as well. And like, I need that because in the first 10 seconds of me being consciously awake, like my alarm is going off. In the first 10 seconds, I'll have a hundred thoughts about how I was completely worthless yesterday, how I could be better today. And if you don't do these things today, how bad life will be tomorrow. I'm glad he, that I can relate to you. Oh. He describes his meditation um, and like, you know, he has like an inner mantra that he goes through and stuff yeah. like that. And I'm like, that's just how I exist every day. That is so <laughs> like, great. I don't. That is so great. It's though. literally like, and I, yeah, nothing's, and she on, says nothing's that, on like, there. I don't understand how you can't. How <laughs> well, it's dude, here, not here's you. the crazy thing, dude. We're all built to do so much more than, or so much, so many things, but they're all different things. Yeah, like we're all right. built to do these different things. And right. that's why that's so cool to meet people. Like your brain doesn't work as fast as mine. So it doesn't drag you down on no, a daily basis. Yeah. You have the ability to probably do some things that I would not have the ability to do very well. <laughs> She's yeah. incredibly you know? physically present with everything we do on it on yeah. a daily basis even can, like taking a drive she is so present in it it makes I me so jealous it's like remove myself from pain like physical pain if i get hurt i can literally be like no i don't feel i'm not it. feeling this dude, right now you are you have some very yogic <laughs> yogic philosophy going on in your brain some i, I think i was born this way because it's been like this my whole life that's dude, you're blessed that's a very it's yeah. a very so dealing with that negative thought process was the reason i have my social anxiety yeah. Uh, I don't know if you struggle with social anxiety or anxiety I don't at all. Know. Um, but I think when your head runs that fast, that's you get anxiety. I'm always yeah. thinking about what other people are thinking. You know, I'm always thinking about the last words that I said to someone. Like, did I say those words right? Mm, yeah. So anxiety. What I actually felt found out about anxiety is that's why I was using drugs. Is, yeah. Is it, what it did quiet was that voice. It, it quieted that voice, dude. Oh, Xanax did, and, okay. and heroin did, and opiates did, and all that stuff just put me into a space where I could just focus. Sure. And so when I came back from treatment. Sitting down after I'd been meditating, sitting mm. down at my jewelry bench, mm. totally different experience, dude, mm. because I could actually be like, okay, what you're doing right now is not good because as long as you sit down and you're talking negatively to yourself, you're doing something negative for your body, for your mind and your body. Yeah. The more that you sit down because, and when you sit down doing jewelry, you're doing that for hours at a time and you're not doing, you're, there's no outside stimuli unless you listen to a audiobook or something like that. And so what happens is your head goes and if you don't know what's happening, you can go four hours and totally drag yourself down to the, the bottom of the sea by telling yourself all these negative things right. mm. without realizing what you're doing. Right. You're right. inviting hell on earth when you exactly. do this to yes. yourself. Yes. For real. And that's what's changed my whole, the whole jewelry from the past till now. I can actually focus. Yeah. And be like, okay, stop. Like, stop, brain. Stop yeah. talking to me like that. That's not right. cool. I'm very critical yeah. of other people. And that's mm. in my brain. That's running through my brain all the time. Yeah. It's like, stop. I can tell that now because I know what's going on. Yeah. Right. Sam Harris talks about the value of meditation is being shown where the where the control panel is and you can just turn the knob. So yeah. good. Right. I love that. So mm. good. That is very yeah. true. So I, I struggle with anxiety and depression, but it definitely is not in my head. Really? Like I feel anxiety in my body. Okay. And when if I am not on my anxiety medication, it's a physical change it's not a mental okay. change okay like my brain doesn't function any differently so you don't think you don't think your anxiety is due to any like uh thought thought patterns mm -mm. okay that's crazy 
Yeah, no, I honestly, like, we've talked, I went to a therapist. Really? <laughs> Because Stephen was like, you should I love go to a my therapist. therapist. I love my therapist. She's my best friend. <laughs> Shout out to my therapist. Everyone should go see a therapist. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> I agree. But I went to a therapist and I was like, yeah, my husband told me I should probably come. Like, these are all the things that have happened. This is all the stuff that's going on. And she's like, you're fine. <laughs> Why are you here? She's like, you can come back. I like talking to you, but like, you don't really need therapy. And I was like, I mean, okay, cool. cool. cool, cool. <laughs> Some people don't realize that the thoughts that they have in their head aren't real. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very hard place to be when you think that every thought that goes through your mind is real because dude, everyone's, everyone's going to have negative thoughts go through their mind. Yeah. On a daily basis, you're going to have some really, really raunchy things go through your head that you, sh- you just are, aren't beneficial. That would put you in jail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. And if you can't chop those down with your with your meditation, with your mind, you can't right. say that's not true. Like yes. that's yeah. not true. If you Train can't do that, that, that's why you see so many people hurting and struggling these yeah. days. Is they're so caught up in this mindset that they believe, and it's yeah. not true. Right? You know, it's it's there's so much that we think that's not true. Yeah, yeah. This is this is where the <clears throat> Christian and even Jewish concept of the Satan, like the accuser, yeah, the liar, that thing, like whatever you believe about actual entities that are angels and demons mm-hmm. maybe maybe not but i, I agree with you 100 the satan is alive in me when it is accusing me of being worthless of yep. being not enough of being a bad husband yep. of being a bad podcaster like any any time those lies 100%. creep in it's like you really again it's like that that you have that warring thing inside you the the yin and yang there's a little darkness yep. to the light and there's mm-hmm. a little light to the darkness have you ever read um or heard the book outwitting the devil i have not definitely recommend reading that okay it's a book where this guy has a conversation with the devil Mm. pretty much who are you you know and devil's like i control 98 percent of the population you know i'm I'm within their mind i'm that negative thought process i'm that negative thought i'm that self-loathing i'm that hatred Mm. for one another Mm -hmm. i'm that rude nature i'm that you know whatever it is that's the devil, you know, mm. and that's the devil yeah. in the world that goes into it. And it's like, holy cow, like puts it into a different perspective um, where growing up in church, I was like this devil with a pitchfork is going to like, yeah, and whether, me if yeah. I do something bad and whether you need it to be like something with a body or not, like, yes, that spirit is alive and well in the world. Yes. Mm-hmm. And once you realize it's alive and well in you and all of us do it on a daily basis and yeah. we've got to battle that it's right. a spiritual battle. Life is a spiritual battle. And once you realize that life is a spiritual battle. Yeah start to move forward. Oh yeah. yeah. Um because a lot of people will 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 neglect to identify these things as spiritual battles. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and it's these things are definitely good and bad inside your yeah. mind battling it out. Right. And it's it's I don't know. I've I've been doing some work with the concept. Uh it's a very Christian concept that comes out of uh a lot of evangelical circles. It's like People will say that the greatest lie the devil ever told was convincing the world that he never existed. Boom. Mm-hmm. So good. And again, like there's there's part of me the way I grew up, like there's part of me that becomes terrified that the devil is like the thing, like the actual entity or body yeah. or demon or whatever that has actually convinced me that he doesn't exist in that form. Mm-hmm. But th- wow. OK, the there, other- that's funny. That's a funny way to think of it. But yeah. so the other way I'm thinking about it, though, is like, oh, my gosh. The devil has convinced us that our thoughts are our own and that his lies are our truth. You know, like the greatest lie the devil devil ever told was getting us to believe that his voice was ours. You know, that that spirit inside of us, that negative uh, thing that drags us down to the pits Mm -hmm. of hell. That's I like to think of the ego ego as the devil. 
Mm. Uh, the, uh, but but the ego, and so but it's it's hard to think of the ego as the devil, uh, because and the only reason I think of it as the devil is because the Atman would be the opposite of it. Yeah. Okay. Ego and ego and the and the yeah. Atman. Yeah. But it's hard to think of that ego as the devil because ego is a driving force in keeping you safe a lot yeah. of the time. Yeah, too. absolutely. But it's also a, it's, it's an one of the most detrimental response. things. It's almost the most detrimental thing to your well being sometimes too. Yeah. yeah. And so that's that's a weird thing. That's a weird concept. I wonder if there's like a Trinitarian idea in there somewhere where the the devil is present and then the ego and then the Atman. Ooh. Well, you know, because yeah. like Freudian psychology, we have the id, which is the child, the ego, which is like the the child that thinks he's way grown up and the super ego that kind of mediates between like again it's kind of okay. a trinitarian yep. thing and i know trinity is all over hinduism as well a lot of triune yeah. deities right Dude, it's, and, it's, and yeah. we have trinity in christianity as well yeah. and it's uh, like this dance among the three kind of holding everything in balance mm-hmm. right yeah. so i wonder instead of that being uh something dual maybe the, like maybe the ego is there and the atman is there but that third presence Right. Is the devil. That's a very, I love having these discussions because this is making me think about it a different way. And right. like I, in the past, and you know, thinking of the ego, it is like a very negative driving factor sometimes. And mm. that's where I'm like, dude, this is like the devil. Mm-hmm. But then when it saves you from doing something stupid, I think, I think the ego is like a, one of the most misunderstood things ever, but just understanding it and trying to study and trying to understand it will get you farther than, than most people. Yeah. Like just right. trying to understand it. And tr- it's because a constant battle. You're never going to like beat the ego. Right. You're never mm-hmm. going to be egoless. Right. You're never going <laughs> to dissolve the ego completely. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. Um, but understanding what it is gives you that chance to recognize it when it's happening. Yeah, absolutely. So there it is. Okay. So we, we had started with particular morning or evening <laughs> habits <laughs> no way that is this, so funny that dude. got us into this <laughs> part of the conversation trail. so you wake up Worth at six it. every day yep you make your cup of tea yeah uh, you drink it while you're doing stretches and yoga yeah you know, meditate just, a journey around your your beads anything else before you you sit down at the jewelry studio um it's all in my studio that i do this okay so i, I like to have like it's yeah, been cool it's a, to have my central space yeah it's been cool to have like my yoga mat and my whatever my my herbs that i burn like right there mm. and then behind me is my my jewelry bench sure but yeah basically i i do all that morning thing make sure that my brain's good um and then sit down to do my work and being able to sit down and do do jewelry like every single day isn't even work now yeah <laughs> dude it's it's i wake up so ecstatic to sit down and do jewelry <sighs> That's yeah. so good. And it's mind blowing right now. I never in my life thought that I could acquire such a love for what I do. Yeah. Right. And make a living out of it as well. Yes. And I, you know, it, it, those two go hand in hand. Yeah. The more that you love what you do, the better you're going to be able to make a living out of it. Right. Yeah. People see that. Because you're people pouring understand. the value into it. Yeah. People oh. understand how much you put into your work. And right now I, I understand how much I put into my work. I'm realizing that it's like, it doesn't matter what you want. It right. matters what you do. It yeah. matters how long you sit there and it matters mm-hmm. how much time you put into that thing and, and how much time you dedicate and how much time you dedicate to not doing other things. Like you right. have to sacrifice right. yeah. and people see that. Yeah. People see it in your work. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's kind of where I am with podcasting right now too. It's like, it doesn't matter how like big you want the podcast to be. It's like, if you don't consistently put out your episodes and have good conversations and invite people in on the conversation. Yeah. Like you'll never, you're never going to get there. Yeah. Right? So that's it's like, you can, you can work for 10 years and then all of a sudden become the overnight success, but nobody sees the 10 years beforehand yeah. of just putting the work in I, and like showing up. I feel that heavy dude. Cause when I was doing my jewelry, there comes a point when I, I was just starting out, I didn't really know what the heck what I was 
doing? Like, I didn't really know, but you really want your piece of jewelry to sell kind of like, you know, maybe you for your podcast, you really want people to listen to that one. So you're focused on that last piece that you did. You, mm-hmm. you want it to sell. I want this gone. Like, why isn't anybody liking this piece? When in all <laughs> actuality, that piece doesn't matter. As soon as you create it and it's done, mm. poof, poof, push it off to the side, forget about it. Unless yeah. someone talks to you about it, right. yeah. work on a new piece because if people see you focused on wanting to sell this piece, but not creating more. Right. They're not going to, they're going to be like, okay, dude, like get over yourself. We know you've got a piece of jewelry that you want to sell. We know you've got a (laughs) podcast that you want us to listen to. Just make another one so we can, you know, maybe because when they see you start doing better and better work, they're like, okay, well, I just want to join the stream now. I don't want to constantly be in the past. It's like, yeah, how an author will release a book and they'll go do their media blast and be on 12 different podcasts within a week or so. And then all of a sudden the book is out. It it hits the New York times bestseller and it's like, Okay, what's the next one? Yes, yeah. right. I mean, you've got to, right? You really got to. It's it's forward motion. You can't get too wrapped up in what you do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you you need to get very wrapped up in what you do, but you can't get too wrapped up in what you did. And this yeah. is right. like resting on your laurels, like yeah. sitting back, like, well, I achieved this far. Like, I got this to yes. this position. Yeah. Why do I have to work to move and, beyond? And there's a point where you get to where you're like, okay, if I've you know you start doing that consecutively, you know, you put out a podcast every da 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 da, and then you get to a point where you're like. That might have been a lot of work, but dude, look at where it's gotten me. Right. Yeah, look at what real. I can do now. Exactly. Like, like it's, you've got to always look forward. You know, yes. maybe, maybe like look behind you to see if like you can help anybody, but mm. just look forward. Like, yeah, that's good. Like it's, there's, there's too many people who are looking back and worrying about what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's, uh, do you follow any particular evening routines to help you wind down and get you uh, a good, good night of sleep? No. Okay. Um, I try to go to bed. I try to go to bed at like nine. That's been getting later and later now because sure. my obsession with my jewelry is almost <laughs> being almost taking a toll on oh, my sleep cycle. Okay. Um, I was up late last night. I was up to like I went to bed at like nine. I didn't get to bed till probably like eleven thirty or twelve because yeah. I was up thinking about what I wanted to do. Oh yeah. Mm. And it's a really hard. It's, and that's 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 like a head thing when you're yes. laying in bed and like blinking at the ceiling like all these things I could be these doing great right ideas. Now. I want right? to do some things tomorrow and this is how I'm going to do them. Da, yeah. da, da, da. And all, all of a sudden, and that's my be- most beneficial place is when I'm sitting there. So I've almost had to split my meditation into two spaces where I'm trying okay. not to think in one of them. Oh. And I sit down and actually do, and all, all I do is think in the other one. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh you, you allow the monkey allow, mind to allow just that like monkey mind because dude, when you climb do the tree that, bunch, when you sit and allow that monkey mind to run around only if you've trained your mind to get away from the negative, Right. You know, you've got to understand that you've got to take care of that first. Then you use it to just sit down and think. There's not very often you just get to sit, right. sit down and think through mm-hmm. everything. Train the brain so to find the best bananas on yes. the tree. Yes, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's good. Uh, my, my new meditation practice, especially at night, is kind of tapping into mantra meditation. Great. Um, and the, the best description I've ever heard for mantra meditation is typically it's a two-syllable word that you don't share, like you don't want to share it. It's just your thing. Mm. But on an inhale, the monkey is climbing the tree. And on an exhale, the monkey comes down from the tree. Okay. And that's all you're asking your brain to do. Like if you, if your brain needs to run and get a bunch of energy out, it's like, okay, go climb the tree for a while. I'm just going to sit here with my mantra and just kind of like let it wear itself out. Nice. And it actually, it does help me sleep, like laying on my back, especially when I'm in that restless, like, oh, I could be like, I could start three more podcasts with these kind of ideas. It's like, dude, mantras are okay, cool, man. Like, settle in, settle into that rhythm, yeah. especially when I love it because there's a, a mantra concept. Like, it's it's kind of its own rhythm, and it doesn't necessarily have to match up to your breathing. But when it does, it's it's like two uh, 
two sine waves on a graph when they finally like yes. meet up and they just double themselves, yeah. Yeah. you know, like, yep. um, it's so it good that. that it kind of hits that space. So the mantra meditation for me was, is something that I used reluctantly when I was in a horrible spot. Like, you know, when you're in a bad spot, you're having a really day. The reason usually you're having those, those bad days is because one bad thing happened and you started talking negatively to yourself. And that negative just keeps going, going, and going. Man, that sucked. Man, that sucked. The more you say, man, that sucked, your body's going to react to it. Like right. you say, man, that was stupid. Oh, yeah, it did. Your body's like, going to react to it. Cortisol dose. Dude, cortisol straight up, dose, your body's releasing these, these, over these, and over again. these drugs into your body based on what you're saying to yourself. Right. Yes. And so by reversing that, by saying you might be in the worst mood of your entire life. If you sit there and say, so one of my favorite things is loving, uh, loving kindness mm-hmm. meditations. Absolutely. So you sit there and say, you know, say you're mad at your mom and be like, mom, I love you very much. I'm sending you loving kindness. Right. Say that a hundred times, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You will be smiling and May you will want to go happy. give your mom a hug at May the end. You, be healthy. you will <laughs> not want to, you, you will not want to have those negative thoughts anymore about right. your mother right. or whoever you're doing this about. Yeah. And it's just, it's so awesome. Um, well, and so again, hard. this, this so speaks hard. to the power kind of that back and forth nature of like, sometimes you're in a mood and like it influences the way you think. And then the more you say those things, yep, it influences the way your mood is. Like, yep, mm-hmm. yep, yep. Like the body has power over the mind, but then the mind has power over the body yeah. at the same time. So it's like true. a tension to manage. Like it's so not a true. battle to be one for either one. You need both of them, but it's, it's like managing the tension and pulling it nice and yes. tight. Mm. I agree with that. So good. Man, this has been a spectacular conversation. Yeah, so good. Dude, I I agree with you. I love talking. Um, if you couldn't tell, I'm like, I talk a lot. So yeah. I'm sorry if that was like too much no, for, not. for any of this, you guys. This podcast is born out of the idea that everyone has something interesting to say. We didn't yeah. want to do another podcast that interviews like Tim Ferriss and Sam Harris because they get interviewed All a billion time. times a year. Um, so we just want to interview normal people that yeah. we happen to know that have incredibly insightful things to say. Like we learned from you today. Yeah. And Thank you. the point of the podcast, the point of the podcast is like, we learn from everyone as yes. long as you're willing yes. to invest in a conversation like this yes. yeah. and just like play an interviewer like Dixie and I don't have to be the host of this show. Like anyone Mm-mm. can be doing this. I just be it. curious in someone else. Yep. So this has been spectacular. Yeah. Great. I, Seriously. I, I had no idea this is where we were going to go with it, but I've learned so much so from you and I'm so <laughs> glad that we got it on tape. I'm, I'm so glad too, man. This was a great time. So my whole, my whole goal is to share yeah. with other humans mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm in such a good spot right now. I'm, I'm in, there's nothing wrong with my life right thriving. now. Thriving. I am thriving mm-hmm. to a point that I didn't know existed. Mm. And if I can do anything that's beneficial for other people to get them to this spot, I'm going to do it. Yeah. yeah that's that's awesome. so good. So to wind us down in our conversation, we're curious to ask kind of where you are currently. So what are you currently reading? And I will count audiobooks because I know you're very busy with your hands and with currently your eyes. Reading. So Think and Grow Rich is one of my favorite favorite books that I listen to a lot. And the Earl Nightingale stuff. I'm trying to think. I listen to a lot of audiobooks on on YouTube and they so and they just kind mm. of like go as I'm doing throughout the day. So I don't sure. really know the names of them. Okay. I listen to a lot of Terrence McKenna. If you ever want to know, um, real world psychedelic applications like mm. just just he's a he's so articulate he mm. speaks so well right hands down my favorite person that talks about life and psychedelics he's a very huge on into mushrooms but he's very articulate and smart and always read the gita that's something that i do every single day yeah i'll just open it up and pick a verse and you can't really go wrong with that book it's there's some of it that i'm just like okay crazy 
Um, <laughs> but there's some of most spiritual texts that I'm like, okay, crazy. So, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like let's let's open up one of the Bibles. It's like, uh, <laughs> sorry, what? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's very good. If that's what you're reading, then again, we talked about like you do a lot of audiobooks, but I'm curious what you're currently listening to as far as music goes and podcasts. So music, it's funny. I just kind of got on this rage against the machine kick. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, if you want to listen to some real cool stuff and like prophetic, prophetic music, yeah, like listen to what he says because mm. it's all happening right now. Yeah. <laughs> all of it's going on right now. Yeah. That's they, good. There was a big Twitter beef with rage against the machine recently. Oh, and, really? Uh, yeah. And, and a lot of people were like, you listen to a band that's called Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> what did you expect? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you uh, think was going to happen? What? Yeah. But other, than, other than Rage, it's just like I like really um, very shamanic music, which mm. is okay. just like drums or flutes or, yeah. or stuff from, from South America. And then when I'm really getting yeah. in the flow, like when I'm really getting into like working, I need some like some house music. Some <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. That's good. and uh, I can do that for for hours and just be working. I That's awesome. It. What about podcasts? We podcasts. mentioned before we started recording that you pretty much only listen so, to podcasts now. I, it's not podcasts that I listen to. It's more so YouTube because I have a YouTube account. And so oh, okay. I, what I what I put on YouTube, it'll just run through for eight hours of oh, awesome just stuff run a playlist of, of, of like up next. Yeah, of of, of random stuff that okay. I've never heard. Oh. So the Joe Rogan experience is one that I love. Sure. Only because Joe Rogan does a really good job of like just being himself. Yeah. 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 He might say some things that are unsavory, but like suck it up and listen to him because he's <laughs> got some really cool it. stuff he's to say. Person. He's yeah, entitled he's, to not just be he, like a milk toast. Yes. Yeah. Very much media stop getting offended by his personality. Right. Well, you could say stop getting offended by everything <laughs> in existence. life pretty much. <laughs> just like, stop getting offended. Yeah. I think that's like a disease that, that is like popping up these days, the uh, disease of offendedness. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's a, actually like, I don't have a mantra. I don't meditate really, but a friend of ours once said the true self is unoffendable. And yes. literally I like every day I'm like, I'm not offended. So I grew up and my mom would always say, you've got to give up the right to be offended. Mm. You've got to give your right up to be offended. And I've, I've Whoa. lived by that. Your mom. I love it. Um, champion. Oh dude. So I'll, I'll like, I'll be saying some nonsense stuff. That's like, <laughs> It's like really just me being a big baby and she'll like so kindly come sit down and be yeah. like, well, you know, explain what you're, what you're thinking to me. And I'll be like, and she'll be like, well, is that like really valid? And she'll say it so nicely. And then I'm like, <laughs> all right, mom, like, no, I'm being a big baby right now. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm better. Like so yeah. she has some way of, of just like being yeah. so calm and kind and pretty much saying, yo, you're being a big baby right yeah. now in the nicest way. So oh, she's so great. So the Joe Rogan experience specifically, are there any other podcasts that you're into? I've been listening to some like science ones. I can't remember his name though. Some scientists, um, a lot about asteroid impacts and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Um, that was something that I've delved into just because there's a lot of theories on like asteroid impacts and like how they impacted the world and, and stuff like that. And but I just, I love anything that's uh, scientific. Sure. Yeah. Anything okay. that goes back and like scientifically looks at, at, at data, especially if you use science and, and spirituality. Yeah. It's my favorite thing to do because we're just now like coming to the realization that like spirituality is a pretty scientific thing. Yep. Like it's very Hello, quantum physics. Yeah. It's, it's a very like, it's a very like <laughs> actually have no idea what's going on. Viewable thing. Right. But we don't really know what happens. It's like yeah. a very viewable it's phenomenon. But we right. don't know yeah. why. <laughs> right. Yeah. We see the That's cause, so we see the effect, but we don't see the mechanism. Exactly. Yeah. What exactly. just happened? You mean electrons sometimes exist there and sometimes don't? What? Yeah, that's weird to me. 
<laughs> I heard someone say, um, or quantum entanglement. We have an electron addiction. Oh, in America. Oh. And I was like, yes, we have an electron addiction because all we do is continuously send electrons from one point to another to do things like podcasts and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. But I mean, these things are beneficial. Like the Zap other electrons that we place. use all day is on our phones. Yeah. Right. Just for sending real. electrons around in a little device for no plausible reason <laughs> other than to <laughs> occupy our mind. Yeah. Right. We exist in the space that doesn't exist. Mm. <laughs> what are you currently watching? You mentioned Midnight Gospel already. I love that, any other that thing, show. Um, any other shows you're into? Or movies even that you want to mention? So I've been watching some conspiracy theory stuff because I think it's very valid right now. <laughs> um, I, I think like as much as as much as like the conspiracy theories are true, the what your government's telling you is true. So like I I like watch them both. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> right. I like watch them both to get a balance. I don't really I don't really know what I what I truly believe about like the current situation of the world because I don't think like we have enough information to. But when you watch those conspiracy theories, it gets your mind rolling in a crazy way. Just try not to talk about it with everybody. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. Absolutely. But I, I'm, I'm not a huge movie watcher. Very much Too so. Too much time to invest. Yeah, it's a lot of time to invest. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. Yeah. Nah, I'm like, let's watch movies all Dixie's day. Dixie's very every day. into it. But I'm ready. Like, Dixie's, Dixie's very, very passionate about film art, like yeah. background design. There you go. All that yeah. stuff. Nice. So she's paying attention to a lot of the details and I'm just watching. A lot of things watching, that are just I'm going like, over your head because yeah. they go right over my head too. Well, I'll, I'll pay attention yeah. to story above everything yeah. else, of course. Yeah. I'm um, like, see that tree? Yeah, that's a special tree. Right. <laughs> that, that took the environmental artist six hours to draw. That is so crazy. That's funny. <laughs> that's all I think. Yeah. About. Great. Gets very into it. Well, uh, we've come to the end of the time here. Were there any questions that you like wanted me to ask? Anything you wanted to talk about that we haven't touched on yet? Man, we got into a lot. We sure did. I really enjoyed that. Um, I don't think I don't think there was anything that I missed. Okay. So. Uh, once again, the mushroom disclaimer, don't ask the Hemmings, don't Stop, ask Nathan. Don't. That's not the point of our that conversation. That is absolutely not the point. This is not an invitation. Thank you. <laughs> uh, go follow Nathan's jewelry page on Instagram. Impepo, it's spelled I-M-P-E-P-H-O underscore jeweler. Yes. Jeweler. Impepo jeweler. <laughs> go check that out. It's fantastic. Check out the Zodiac one Dixie oh, and I yeah. were drooling so over good. earlier. Yeah, for real. It's so good. Thanks, guys. Love it, man. (laughs) To close our podcast out, would you please read our very favorite quote? The only normal people you know are the ones you don't know very well. 